0: This is Leva Bates. You might also know me as Blue Pants. You might also know me as Queen of Cosplay. You might also know me as girl who just kicked your butt. And this is a whole reffin' show.
1: And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. <laughs> the Whole Reffin' Show. Back to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle—the whole ref and show. My name is Perry Smith. I'm here with Darren Beasley. Uh, find us on Facebook, on Twitter, send us a Gmail. Whoa, get ahead of myself. Darren, say hello to the fans. Hello to the fans. <laughs> well done, Darren. I'm Darren Beasley. I'm Perry Smith. That's right. Welcome back to yet another exciting broadcast brought to you by the whole ref and show. And uh, we do welcome you back, hashtag dear listeners, for more of those hashtag Wrestle News and hashtag Wrestle Views. Man, is there a lot going on in the wrestling world, and by that I mean one really big thing is happening right now. Uh, and you know it's big when when people who aren't generally fans of wrestling are talking about it, are asking you about it. Um, I, of course, I'm talking about CM Punk's return to wrestling. Uh, It's going to really change the landscape as far as AEW is concerned. I know a lot of people are excited about it. Uh, We also got to talk about uh, what NXT TakeOver 36 did go down this past weekend, as well as SummerSlam. And uh, it certainly was wrestling. It's a lot of wrestling, and in CM
0: Punk's case, it is zero wrestling. (laughs) CM Punk did not wrestle. He, uh, He really didn't talk about wrestling. He was a little too vague, and I'm getting... I talking about getting ahead You're of yourself. You're getting ahead of yourself, I am getting ahead of myself. You know we don't I'm talk about... I'm getting a cast made of my head <laughs> of myself so that I can get ahead
1: of myself. Right. Well, we don't, uh, we don't talk about wrestling until hour two. <laughs> hour one is Yellowstone, That's right. Uh, right, Actually, you know, there's a
0: trailer for the upcoming season four of Yellowstone. Oh, wow. Definitely. Good. While while everybody was like, oh my God, that Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, though, I was like, hashtag Yellowstone season four trailer, (laughs) y'all.
1: And if you haven't seen it, then... Then go see it. that's what I was talking about earlier. The uh, the world was a buzz. I was talking about the the Yellowstone trailer dropping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the world. I'll also see him punk, but uh, Eh, yeah. Merf. To, yeah. I mean, he 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 moved the needle, as apparently. Um, oh my god! I will kill! I, I will kill this whole thing.
0: WWE President Nick Khan has apparently now come out and said that. Only WWE superstars who can move the needle for the company will retain uh, their contracts or get signed to new contracts. And apparently Bray Wyatt is not a needle mover.
1: Right. Well, they I mean, the the easy and obvious joke is in what direction?
0: No. Whoa. It depends. Are we talking about Randy Borton? Because he's moving that needle down. wee
1: whoop wee whoop.
0: And uh, we know what... Leonard Skinner said, right? No. He said, don't well, they mess said with the
1: needle and the spoon. This is true. And, and uh, Neil Young talked about uh, the needle, the damage done. He, of course, was talking about CM Punk and uh, Roman Reigns and, and, and like. And Nick Khan. And wow, I still, I can't believe that Nick Khan
0: runs the WWE now and Tony Khan runs the AEW it's a joke. They're con men.
1: <laughs> ah, jokes.
0: We got jokes, folks. And we got rhymes, too, as well. Jokes and rhymes. It's a scholastic uh, book fair book for fourth graders. <laughs>
1: <laughs> jokes and rhymes. You read enough uh, of these books, you'll get a pizza party. Hell yeah. That's what I mean. I, books,
0: learning, and pizza. One of those is my favorite thing. Uh, Uh, These are a few of my favorite things Isn't that why everybody tuned in
1: to hear me sing? They did Alright, alright, let's get into Let's talk about CM Punk's return to wrestling If we must Okay Wow, okay Well, I'm gonna go ahead and before we talk about it at all uh, Or go any further, I should say I want to go ahead and, and preface this conversation with I wasn't watching wrestling during the CM Punk era So, I understand this is a big deal for everyone else who was, but I'm very lukewarm on CM Punk. Okay, well then I will preface
0: this by saying that Perry and I have not talked about the CM Punk return at AEW at all. We're about to talk about it with each other on the air for the first time. So let me say this, not knowing that Perry was just going to say that. He's not going to know that I'm about to say this. I was watching. I knew you'd say that
1: specifically.
0: During the CM Punk's uh, time in WWE, all of it. From him uh, on WWE CW, all the way through the pipe bomb and the whole nine yards and then him walking away. And I was a fan. I was a big fan. I was a fan before he went to WWE. I was a fan with him tagging up Zalacki with Raven and Mickie James and TNA. I dug CM Punk and ROH. So I was there. I'm into it for the longest time. But I was so anti CM Punk during his off years. It made me so disgusted to see Phil Brooks sucking it up in the octagon, embarrassing himself, embarrassing pro wrestling, looking like a complete buffoon. And then I could not have been more disgusted by Coach, at Coach on Twitter, for all these years with the most unimportant Bullshit tweets that have ever been compiled in a single Twitter feed. So all the love I once had for CM Punk was killed during these 5,000 or however many days everybody, somebody has somehow memorized, everybody's memorized exactly how many days CM Punk was out of pro wrestling. And yes, I'm going to use the word pro wrestling, but we, we had it first. CM Punk thinks he's so cool for saying pro wrestling instead of sports entertainment, but whatever. I didn't miss CM Punk because every day that passed, he diminished in my eyes. So now, it sounds like we're going to have the least celebratory welcome back CM Punk party in the world's about to
1: happen. I figured you would say pretty much what you said, Darren, to be honest with you. Because I mean, we've in, in the few times that we've discussed CM Punk, I think one of our first episodes we talked about CM Punk had just fought uh, an MMA, and you kind of like you kind of said something similar to what you were saying just now. So I knew you didn't have the 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 best opinion of CM Punk. I um and as always, I'm I'm I am typically at worst indifferent to a wrestler where your your terms aren't quite as measured. Or your, no. your thought, your feelings and thoughts are not quite as measured. Um, I have
0: very strong feelings.
1: That's fine. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so his come, his comeback here was, uh, it was, it was well done. I, I will say the the way AEW did it was very well done. Uh, the show, the, the show opens and they're in Chicago. It's already a giant arena full of people chanting for CM Punk. And if it were WWE, you probably they probably would have been chanting for the entire three hours of Raw, and then at the very very end, you finally get them. And that's typically what you would do. I don't know who decided to go ahead and just let that be the first thing that happens, because that's th- that because it's it's only downhill from there. Is the only only downside of that like nothing's really going to matter after that happens. You know, like you don't you don't go to a fireworks display. And they do the grand finale of like 100 fireworks. And then it's just the little little guys for the next hour. You don't do it that way. Anyway. It's become very clear to me that that is how Tony
0: Khan does things, though. He thinks everybody's going to tune in at the top of the show because that's when the show comes on. Right. And you hit them with something they can't look away from. And then the idea, at least it appears to be this way in Tony Khan's mind, is that once you're hooked that that segment can end and you're not going to turn away. I think 25 years of watching the ratings has taught us very differently. That's not at all the case. And he should actually look to people who have popped unbelievable ratings in the past, like Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff, who knew that you can have spikes in the quarter hours, but you got to bait these people. You got to throw Len Denton out there, right? You <laughs> you got to throw Tiger Ali Singh out there, right. right? We we you have to do it. You got to bait them along and along and then make them wait for Sting to come from the rafters or for the glass to shatter and Steve Austin to ride out of Tyrannosaurus Rex or something.
1: No no and, then, and that's the thing too is like CM Punk comes out and does this whole like this is like 20 minutes of the show or I felt like it um, but then like commercial break and it comes back and it, oh it's Billy Young Nuts versus uh, Jimmy Joe Jumper <laughs> I don't know but it's kind of like ah, and it's just a wrestling program you know what I mean so that that's, that's kind of the thing too is you got to figure that out like you, you don't I don't know like everything about the CM Punk return was kind of counterintuitive but it worked for what it was. It happening first, it being way over publicized so it wasn't a surprise at all um, or like I again I, I hate Twitter when it comes to pro wrestling because hey Goldberg's gonna be on next week you know like I want it to I want him, I want him to just show up. actually I don't want him to show up at all.'m i I really tired of seeing Goldberg on my TV. But, I mean, it, would it would it have been cooler if CM Punk just kind of showed up all of a sudden? Instead of it being just, like, way, way over-publicized? Yeah, shit, yeah. But, but obviously, you, you want to bring the people in. You want them to watch. So, again, it, it, it worked. It, it, it's not what I would have done, but it worked.
0: Alright, it worked. I know I just got through saying that for seven years, I have been indifferent at best and hate-filled at worst... But even that said, it worked for me. Sure. I was into the entrance. I slowly lost interest over his speech because the speech didn't really do anything for me. There was nothing he said that was unexpected. He didn't move the needles. He, he did not move the needle. Um, I'm a little upset at everybody who has to because of Twitter and the immediacy and the simultaneity of uh, social media means that everybody has to make every fucking moment that passes the biggest, the fastest, the most, the strongest, the craziest. And the fact that literally dozens of people said, oh, the Road Warrior pop is now the CM Punk pop. Let's give me a break. Was (laughs) it a pop? Yeah, it was a huge huge pop. He was in Chicago for God's sake. But it wasn't, I don't think it was historic. We didn't see something historic. We saw something fun and cool. We didn't see anything historic. We didn't see anything groundbreaking. Okay. The, the amount of the, everybody shits on all the gray that's in Goldberg's beard. CM Punk looked like hell. He's also full of gray hair, and yet he's just a skinny
1: dude. At least Goldberg's still super jacked. Right. Why are we going to shit on Goldberg? <laughs> this conversation becoming something else. No, I, I understand what you're saying, though. But very, very quickly, I, I, for those who didn't see it, um, like I said, the show opens. People are chanting for CM Punk for about twenty or thirty seconds. All of a sudden, Cult of Personality hits, and that's CM Punk's music. And that's the best moment and of the, s- the whole night. Well, you can hear it for about three seconds before you can't hear anything but people cheering. Um, CM Punk graphics show up on the screen on their Titan Tron, if you will. And CM Punk comes out. What, are, what do we call it? The Jaguar Tron? The The, like, con-tron. the um, contron. The Contron. <laughs> Um, CM Punk comes out Everyone's loving it He's like hugging people High-fiving I think he dives in the audience For a Jumping second Jumping in the crowd yeah. Super spreading COVID And and That's that's I hate that I think that way But you think that way too And I think a lot of people do also um, Obviously I wasn't like oh, Get COVID I, I wasn't thinking that But a little A little bit of me is like Touching people Not Not these days um, but, yeah, CM Punk does come to the ring, and he he basically uh, promos for, again, like 15, 20 minutes. Um, and he there were, some, there were some cool things that he said. Uh, the first thing he mentions is Britt Baker. He says, you guys know how to make a guy feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. So, Britt Baker's probably like, ooh, the first thing he said was my name? That's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, flirt much? What I mean, a lot of people really, really liked this, and they're really excited about the future of AEW, and and it rejuvenates a lot of people's interest in wrestling, and that's great. If it did that, that's great. I have when I think about wrestling during the week, and it happens from time to time, and it's like I gotta I gotta remember to mention that on the podcast when I talk to Darren. There was one note that I put down about the CM Punk. And I think it's actually what you were kind of getting at, but here's here's how I will say it. Okay. And I think you will agree. Alright. CM Punk's Return <laughs> is the Dark Knight of Wrestling. When Dark Knight came out, people thought that was the greatest movie they had ever fucking seen. And people were like, oh man, Dark Knight, see Dark Knight? Oh my god, Dark Knight. Oh, fuck oh, he led you? Joker Fuck fuck you! Fuck you, Heath Ledger as Joker. Oh man, fucking Two Face, fucking Two Face, fucking Dark Knight, best best Batman movie, best movie ever made. And then you kind of for like you kind of like forget what you felt the first time you watched Dark Knight, and eventually it's just gonna be another movie. You know, ask those same people like a year later, two years later, oh Dark Knight, right? And they go, yeah, Dark Knight it was good. It was a good movie because that 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 feeling doesn't stay with you. It fades over time, just like your your you know your love for anything will fade over time. That's exactly what this is. That like th- this. Okay, it was neat that it happened. Again, I'm sure everyone that loved it loved it. But it's like okay, this won't stick with you. When Daniel Bryan came back, you know not even as a wrestler, just as as a personality, as a person on WWE television, people were like. He's back! Oh my god, yes! And it wasn't long before he was just another guy on the roster. To that point, though,
0: and I'm going to be brief here to address that very last point, because I want to touch on a couple of things you said a minute ago. But just to that last point about Daniel Bryan's return, and thinking about how it went, and thinking about how CM Punk's might go, the problem with Daniel Bryan's return was that he was booked into nothingness. Oh, sure. Had that happened during the Attitude Era, had Daniel Bryan had to go away because of an injury and then come back in the Attitude Era, let's just put him in the mix. Let's imagine that he was there with uh, Mankind and The Rock and Austin and Michaels and Bret Hart and The Undertaker and Kane and blah, 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 and Daniel Bryan. His return would have been so big, he would have gone right back into the mix. He'd have stayed relevant, important, and in your face. That's not what happens today. They have the opportunity in AEW to do with Punk what WWE did not do with Bryan, and that's push him to the moon. If they don't do that, then... Everyone will stop
1: caring pretty darn quickly, I promise you. Right. Well, the problem with Daniel Bryan coming back, well, very briefly, is that he came back in a non-wrestling capacity. And what's even worse is that when he was cleared to wrestle again, it was already not special because we'd already seen him every week anyway. Uh, for for well, me I,
0: disagree. I, I, I understand uh, 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 uh,
1: By the way Also not watching wrestling During the Daniel Bryan era So I was indifferent either way See and I
0: Loved Daniel Bryan And when Daniel Bryan went away All he did was Go away from active wrestling Daniel Bryan didn't You know Throw up two middle fingers A la Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> And walk away And try and become A cage fighter And be the worst cage fighter ever, <laughs> like CM Punk did. Uh, instead, Daniel Bryan hung around and he was on Total Divas and Total Bellas, and then he became uh, uh, general manager and he was a presence and he was he was visible. And so when he returned to wrestling, maybe it wasn't as special because he had not been away away. But as a big fan of Daniel Bryan's career, as I had been of CM Punk's career. When I saw him get back in the ring, knowing also how emotional it was for him, that did a lot for me. It did a whole hell of a lot for me. The booking, though, as I mentioned a minute ago, is what made that diminish way too rapidly. And then he was just another wrestler on the 50-50 booked WWE shit show. So that sucked.
1: Right. Well, speaking of emotions, a lot of people were very emotional about CM Punk's return, including the one guy they filmed for a nanosecond in the crowd who was crying over CM Punk's return. And that's great that, like, you know, wrestling can make someone feel that way. I missed that feeling. I, I wish I had that feeling again. But man, is social media trying to find that guy? It's like, it's, like, it's like in a movie where, like, someone wins a lottery. They-, they win the lottery, but they're trying to find the guy, and the guy's just like... Like washing dishes somewhere, and it's on TV behind him, but he's not listening or whatever, not paying attention. That's kind of what it is. Like there's so many people, like Tommy Dreamer, I think even Tony Khan, they're trying to find this guy, so they're gonna be like, no, we're gonna bring him. We're gonna bring him to every wrestling event. He's the the biggest wrestling fan of the world right now. I guess.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say, anybody that it means that much to them that they're crying at CM Punk's return is not going to be hard to find. This guy has at least one, if not more Instagrams dedicated to wrestling memes right. or wrestling news. Like this guy is so plugged in that he
1: already knew. I mean, he saw himself in memes that night and was like, "Haha, that's me." Well, he was he was also in the audience for Raw when uh Team <laughs> RK Bro got back together. <laughs> It's the same clip of him crying. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it, it, anything happens in wrestling and it cuts to that guy in the audience and he's always there and he's always crying at everything that happens. See, then, that's terrible because that no, actually no, is. A,
0: it, it is, but it's terrible because I I want to be clear. I'm not shitting on the guy. Like, oh no, I'm not, I I'm wish not at all. that I had cared that much about CM Punk's return. And I have cared that much about many things in wrestling and sports and music and film. You know, uh, famously, the opening credits to Watchmen, the movie, Zack Snyder's Watchmen, the opening credits, I'm at the movie uh, with my brother and I start crying. Right. And my brother looks at me like I have nine heads and he's like, are you okay? (laughs) And I was like, yes, but this is kind of perfect. So... I get it. I and get being swept up in the moment. CM Punk's return did not, was not that moment, right, 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 right. The, the, not that's, for me, and
1: that's fine. But I mean, it's it's again the the fact that it makes people feel that way, or like get emotional about pro- professional wrestling is actually a very cool thing, and I'm not yeah. shitting out at all. No, yeah. Dude. My <laughs> joke was they just take that clip and just and just throw it in whenever they want to to try to like to try to like make you <laughs> make something feel more important than it actually is. That was my immediate thought, but anyway, um, no, the, the 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 segment itself, where, where CM Punk uh, is and talking about wrestling again, and how he was away from it and how he's coming back. The the reason why it works so well is because it wasn't overproduced like everything else that AEW does. Until the end, it got a little overproducy. When of course uh, CM Punk mentions Darby Allen and Darby Allen is in the rafters with Sting and of course Darby Allen's doing the thing where he's like overacting. And he's like, yeah, he must have really bad neck problems. He's he's always like he's always like cracking his neck or whatever. Uh but he's with Sting and CM Punk is talking at Darby Allen to Darby Allen and and Sting is this multi WCW champion, this icon is just standing there quietly next to Darby Allen. Luckily CM Punk says like and you too Sting it's like, oh, thank you, thank you for mentioning Sting. That was nice of you, CM Punk.
0: Yeah, I thought that was funny. I was waiting to see if there was going to be any like, mention of Sting. Are whatsoever. you going mention Sting?
1: The- that
0: to me, that's the that was the most professional and astute moment. That was the most realistic and like quality moment of CM Punk's return. Was. Him having the wherewithal to actually mention Sting, right? Had that been anybody else, they wouldn't have because it wasn't part of some script. It right? wasn't
1: scripted, right? Exactly. Um, but I mean, it, it was. It was good. I I enjoyed it. And like a, again, a guy who was never a fan of CM Punk, I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. We'll, let's see where this goes. But
0: that's I- the key. That's the key. Where does it go? But that's Where does it go from here? Right. I will not get excited about this until I see what happens next. Anybody can just make an entrance. Hell, they do it at the Hall of Fame every year. They bring out some of the biggest stars in the history of wrestling and they come out and wave. And They even may even come out to their entrance music. So far, that's all CM Punk has done. So far, all CM Punk has done is... Is get acknowledged as a Hall of Fame wrestler by AEW. That's all that appearance was. Yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't, if he doesn't come out at all out and have a barn burner with Darby Allen, then it's
1: not special. Then this is Sting and Hollywood Hogan. All this build up and the match is kind of oh, okay. Well, worse yet, it's. Goldberg
0: and the Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that like that's what is a possibility. I hope to hell it doesn't happen that way, but until we find out differently, until we see it differently, that remains a possibility. That 7 years of ring rust and a beard full of gray hair and his dad bod are not going to be a a massive moving of the needle.
1: Sure, sure. I mean, but it like you, you can do all the all the interviews and promoing and and you know all all the build up in the world, but eighty percent of, of wrestling is what you actually accomplish in the ring uh, between the ropes. But I but I will say that um, to go back on like why this might be special and why it might be unique is CM Punk uh might be the only person who who has left for such a long time and come back or rather he's a rare occasion where there's anyone left over the last like twenty years who has like stayed away from wrestling long enough to come back and it's like we haven't seen him in an actual long time so and that's that's kind of like where CM Punk has got most people you know okay
0: who was there in Chicago? This is a point I kind of wanted to make over the last couple weeks, and it didn't necessarily call for it, but this is the perfect time to address who comprises the AEW audience. And I know that I might be shitting in my mess kit by saying this, because the same people I'm about to criticize are the kind of people that would listen to a wrestling podcast, and do listen to a wrestling podcast, and probably do listen to this wrestling podcast, But the people that comprise the crowd at an AEW show are like the people that comprise the crowd at an NXT taping in Orlando. They are not your average fans. They're not the people who are considered when we're talking about moving the needle. They're not the ratings people. The people at the AEW show This one more than ever, because it was so telegraphed that Punk was returning, and it was in Chicago. So we almost need to discount this one because it was, I mean, it was a ringer. But even if it had not been in Chicago, that crowd, if it had even been in Jacksonville, that crowd would be made up of exclusively the middle-aged superfan. Like... The wrestling sycophant who pr- were exactly the target audience for a CM Punk return. They are the people that at every WWE show for the last seven years have been chanting for CM Punk. Right. They were all there that night. He said he said that he heard them and
1: specifically of cor- and of
0: course he did. I, I'm not saying it's not genuine, it's not real, and it's not cool. I'm just saying, of course. Why do you think Donald Trump doesn't get booed at a Trump rally? Because the people that go know what why they're going. Right. Right? Sure. And that's the thing. Everybody went there to see CM Punk. They got CM Punk, so their
1: reaction looks like, Oh my God! We got what we want. To be fair, AEW, even though they've been around for however long—three years, give or take—something <laughs> like that. Something like that. Um, they don't have the casuals; they have the wrestling fans. Um, I, exactly. And then that's what they're trying to bring in with CM Punk—the people who be like, oh, "I seen CM Punk." Like it's. But it's
0: beyond that. It's beyond the oh, I remember CM Punk. That crowd in Chicago was like a supersized PWG crowd. It was people wearing, like, New Japan shirts. And people wearing, like, Stan Hansen shirts. And people wearing all Japan shirts. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, wearing, I'm backing up your your point. Y- you know, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Uh, FIP. Like, oh, I saw Daniel Bryan in
1: FIP. Like... No, no. Those, I, those people. I, but that's what I'm saying, though, is AEW has those fans in spades. And luckily, there are enough of those fans to fill up a a, a giant uh, arena like the one that uh, CM Punk debuted in. Um, but they're, they're still trying to get the casuals. Uh, or, I don't know, it, it's just... I wonder how long it'll take AEW to get, like, a big casual audience. If you tune in for wrestling and you see an AEW... Uh, commercial, or it's just on. We turn on TNT, and you see Jungle Boy uh, wrestling. You might, you might not stay on the channel. Like, you think? Yeah. You don't think Jungle Boy moves the needle? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I don't actually. think he moves the vine. No, I, I'm just saying, like, I don't think a casual fan would really appreciate or like what they would see on a typical aew episode that may have been aew's problem from the beginning and it's a problem that they're going to perpetuate for however many years to come is it's for that those sycophants (laughs) those i'll I'll use i'll use a nicer term here those fanatical wrestling fans who uh would like watch Wrestle kingdom at three in the morning or you know, and, and like you know, actually give a shit about ROH and, and Impact Wrestling and stuff like that. Well, I mean, I you, I, I don't that, that I agree. That sounds. I'm mean. smiling because I agree. But the thing is, it may be tailor made for those fans, and you're not going to get any casual fans off of it. So Tony Khan may have made his own mousetrap. <laughs> it seems well, and and
0: unfortunately. Or fortunately, actually, that depends on your perspective. I think he's aware of that to a certain extent. And the way that he's tried to, like, balance the scale is by having Jericho be in the main event constantly. And sign Mark Henry and Paul White and Christian. And then if somebody turns and they're flipping the channels and they come by TNT while those people are on screen... Maybe they'll stop and go, wait a minute. And then when jungle boy comes out, they're like, okay, cool. Two things about jungle boy. First of all, I love jungle boy. I love jungle boy and Luchasaurus. And the fact that they come out to Tarzan boy, or is that the name of the song? I think it's Tarzan boy. The oh, 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 that's amazing. And the fact that Tony Khan has written the checks and there are now that many licensed entrance musics, that will keep me watching.
1: Darren, do you stay up until three in the morning to watch Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah. Okay, AEW is for you. I know! You shit on the fans! yeah no 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 you indirectly you indirectly shit on the fans no
0: no no i directly shit on the fans (laughs) that's that's because i'll own that i'll own that
1: that's because in a way you are one of them you 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 this this aw should be something that you really really enjoy and i think you get angry because you don't love it as much as everyone else oh no so what does that mean that means that Tony Khan is doing some things right and some things wrong. To go back to your point about bringing, trying to get a casual audience in, a conversation you and I had a few weeks ago was, if I was going to be bringing in all these WWE guys, they need to be on, I know what this sounds like, fans, hear me out. They need to be on TV at all times. You need to make sure that they're they're on camera, so the casual will flip through and say, hey, it's, uh, it's Rusev. Hey, it's Mark Henry. Hey, it's the Big Show. Hey, it's... Is that that Ty Dillinger guy? Like, I mean, to a lesser extent, Ty Dillinger. Uh, but you, you just you need familiar faces. That's why WCW was successful. Because they knew to keep some of the familiars around for people to be like, Oh, North Monk Jr. Ah, I remember when I used to watch him wrestle. So if you're going to pay for these people, you're paying for the familiarity. You need to use that. You mean, throw in the new talent with the old talent, for sure, um, but you're, you're going to have to put more of those guys on TV because I feel like a lot of them are are, are making cameos at best. It's like you never really see the, the, the WWE guys on there. Well, Mark,
0: that's certainly the case with Mark Henry and Paul White is they trot them out to wave at the crowd and then push them back, right. back into the back and... And then actually, they're using Mark Henry for the worst possible thing, which is as a commentator. I cannot hear him. He speaks at such a low octave that's like does my ears don't pick it up? Mm-hmm. It's like men with extremely deep voices and women with extremely high voices. I can't hear them. My ears don't even like. I have a friend. I have a friend named Elizabeth. I can't talk to her on the telephone because I can't hear her. <laughs> like, I can't hear her. Right. Not because she's quiet, but because when she talks, I hear. <laughs> Is she one of the parents on uh, Peanuts? Uh? She might as well be. Okay. And so putting Mark Henry on commentary for AEW, I can hear a sound, but I don't hear words. I hear. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he speaks
1: inaudibly. No, he has, He does have a, a very bassy voice, but uh, yeah, you you got to use him in the right way. So, yeah, that's that's all I wanted to say. But, I mean, CM Punk is someone that I think some of the casuals will will be interested in seeing on TV.
0: The second thing I was going to say about Jungle Boy is that whenever I see Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, I think Turok 64. (laughs) That's where that takes me. That transports me to Turok 64 and... Not even Turok. Not even Turok Turok Dinosaur Hunter, the comic book. The old Valiant comic book. No, I think Turok 64, the video game. Sure. The blocky, super, super blocky Nintendo 64 game.
1: I think a lot of us forget that before Goldeneye, there was Turok. And that's where the the solitaire uh, controller uh, (laughs) (laughs) layout first originated. But... Um, so, okay, CM Punk's back, and that's great. Hopefully it means great things for wrestling in the future. But, again, it's easy to bring him back. I mean, he would have gotten the same exact reaction had he came out on Raw. Oh, yeah. And and that's that's also a point I want to make, is, like, that could have happened anywhere. That had a arena with wrestling fans. Uh, and, obviously, if you're at an AEW show, you have to be a wrestling fan, Um To even want to attend. So we'll just see where this whole thing goes. Is all all I can say. And hopefully there's some good wrestling match. Because again, that's what matters. And you said that earlier. That like, okay, let's see what he does in the ring. Let's see who they put him up against. I guess Darby Allen's going to be one of his first uh, uh, opponents. And that could be great. It could absolutely be great. Or it could be completely
0: average. I just hope it's not terrible. Because if it's terrible then, I mean, I think he's dead in the water at that point. If he does not have a five-star match at All Out with Darby Allen, CM Punk might as well retire again.
1: And also how much, he's been gone for a while, how much ring rust does he have? That's exactly and my point. It's going to, hopefully won't be like a Juventud Guerrero.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Hopefully not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think he has trained, he has been training For some sort of combat sport, along and along, but I know he hasn't been running the ropes. Sure, I I I feel like I feel like that's beneath CM Punk, which is another reason why he kind of irritates me.
1: That's okay. He
0: thinks he's better than wrestling, and you know he wants to come back and suddenly be some uh, martyr for the concept of pro wrestling in the age of sports entertainment. Well, all right, dude, then pro wrestle. Pro-wrestle me, a pro-wrestling match, and then I'll get excited.
1: Well, it's easy to criticize pro-wrestling when you're away from it, but now he's in it, let's see how he handles criticism uh, as a performer once again. So, again, we'll we'll see what happens in the future, but... uh, Let's put a
0: pin in it for now. Let's put
1: a pin on it for now. Uh, Good return, right? Happy that he's back, sure, but uh, we'll see what the future holds for him. But we're going to look back into the past, all the way into this past weekend, where WWE uh, maybe even answering uh, their answer to CM Punk's return. There were a lot of returns this weekend, it seemed. Uh, we'll get into a bit of that, because uh, mostly at SummerSlam, but we, I do want to talk about TakeOver first.
0: Yeah, just like last week, where we put TakeOver before SummerSlam, where it belongs. It's natural. We're going to do it again this week. And we're going to talk about the results of TakeOver, which actually happened on Sunday night, before we talk about the results of SummerSlam, which took place on Saturday night.
1: Again, why do you do that?
0: Or why did they do it? Yeah, it's exactly. It's like CM
1: Punk coming out at the beginning of the show. And and, and, and TakeOver's I tend to enjoy more than the WWE uh, main shows as it is. But as far as it like being like a, a spectacle, like SummerSlam is better than take TakeOver X whatever <laughs> VII. Well, I agree. But like, you know,
0: one thing that everybody messaged me was, well, you know, SummerSlam is in Las Vegas and nobody is in Las Vegas on a Sunday. And I'm like, oh, am I supposed to know that? I didn't know that. But apparently nobody's in Las Vegas on a Sunday. So you don't want to, uh, you know, book your wrestling pay-per-view. Also, if nobody's in Las Vegas on a Sunday, then why did they move a motherfucking NFL team to Las Vegas who only play on Sundays? So, hmm, I think your logic's flawed. I don't think nobody is in Las Vegas on Sundays. Enough people are to fill up a stadium, the same stadium that SummerSlam was held in on a Saturday night for some reason. And also, you didn't have TakeOver even in Las Vegas. TakeOver's happening back in Florida. We've got a lot of opinions on our show today, Darren. I just don't have time for nonsense. I don't suffer fools. (laughs) I don't like lies. And I can see through all of the shenanigans. You can't bullshit a bullshitter.
1: Hey, any of us who have gone to Vegas for the weekend from L.A., they know it takes four hours to get there. You come back any time on Sunday. It's going to take you six hours at best to get back. And why is that?
0: Is that because nobody? Because no
1: th- one's in Vegas on a Sunday, except for Raiders
0: fans, apparently. Mm. Enough to convince the them to move the team, the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Las Vegas Raiders, my ass. So this past Sunday, in a completely empty, desolate Vegas, we had NXT Takeover 36. But it wasn't. It was in Florida. I it right, because everyone is in Florida on a Sunday, Darren. Well, apparently everyone, 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 uh, everyone hung over from their past trip to Vegas, returning yeah. home to Florida. Oh, that's why
0: Vegas is empty because they're all going home to Florida. Oh, okay. Are they right? They're not right. Okay. NXT TakeOver 36, we've got five matches, um, actually six matches, but I missed the opening match. They they threw one out early between two dudes I've never heard of. Mm. And I didn't watch it, and so I'm going to pretend it didn't happen. (laughs) I do want to talk, however, about the best match of the weekend. Best match of the weekend. RK-Bro happened on NXT TakeOver 36. No, no, it did not. The best match of the weekend did not happen at SummerSlam. It didn't happen in Las Vegas, so it definitely didn't happen on a Sunday. Wait, it did happen on a Sunday in the Sunshine State, the beautiful state of Florida at NXT TakeOver 36, between an Austrian and a Russian who were fighting over the United Kingdom title in Florida. Walter, the NXT UK champion for something, some insane amount of days, like 900 days, took on Ilya Dragunov in uh, in their second uh, major bout. Now, also don't forget, hashtag dear listeners, that there were picks last week on our show. Now, it wasn't me and Perry, and it wasn't head-to-head. But, head-to-head. But there were picks. Hashtag Plushie Toss. (laughs) So we're briefly going to mention just how bad of picking winners uh, AJ Styles Plushie really was. Alright, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov though. Best match of the weekend, hands down. We figured it would be. We did and we weren't wrong. Easily the best match. Um, The note that I made to myself is, I guess in Europe they still think wrestling ought to look like a fight. And that is the God's honest truth. All weekend long, the rest of TakeOver and all of SummerSlam looked like a bunch of ballet dancers. Highly talented athletic gymnasts and dancers and... Oh, man, they're kickies and they're flippies. <laughs> and aren't they amazing dancers? And Walter and Dragonoff beat the living hell out of each other because they are still interested in wrestling looking like a fight. Call it strong style. Call it snug. Call it stiff. Call it whatever you want. I call it professional wrestling. And if CM Punk wants to professionally wrestle... He'll not just say the words. He won't just talk the talk. CM Punk will get in the ring with Darby Allen and do what Walter and Dragunov did, and that's walk the god walk, and that is wrestle like a wrestler. Walter and Ilya Dragunov beat the dog shit out of each other. They fought, they fought, they smacked one another. Both of them were covered in bruises. Match of, uh, wow, that's the best match I've seen since returning from the great hiatus, not just the best match of the weekend, the best match I've seen in two years. Wow. That yeah. good. Yeah. That good. And Dragonoff wins. Like that's the, the craziest part, is Dragonoff wins and is the new NXT U.K champion.
1: It does make me question Walter's future with the company. Like, will they try to put him on, on Raw, maybe? Is that is that a possibility for him? I don't him? know. I don't think... I think he's one of those
0: dudes, like, you know, the dudes that want to stay in NXT, like, in Orlando? I think Walter might be one of those dudes who's like, yeah, I live in England now, and I want to stay in England. I don't want to go live in Orlando and fly out every week to Terre Haute and... Las Vegas, I, I but totally as long as it's not on that. a Sunday, of course. That's
1: why I understand that Tony Storm, though she's like, Hey, I'll, I'll do it. Why not? But I wonder if they have a choice. Is it like people getting transferred to different stores if you're like a franchise across the world? Like, I mean, I wonder if they have that choice at all. I, I don't know.
0: I think some of them do, and I think some of them don't. I think I've, I think we've learned that over the years is that some of them. I mean, we know that they can't tell Vince McMahon no, per se, but I think there's an understanding of, hey, probably not going to move, and then they don't really get asked to. Um, I'm with you, though. I would be curious to know what happens with Walter this week, next week, and really what happens to Walter over the next six to 12 months. I think he should stay right where he is. I don't need to see Walter all the time. I'm now sort of in love with Walter the way I used to be with Kenny Omega. He's just removed enough. He's just exotic enough that when I see him, I get that big match feeling. And then guess what? Walter always delivers too.
1: So he put Walter on Raw and he's in some stupid feud with Shorty G. With Shorty G. And he's doing stupid things with Shorty G, and he's like fighting Baron Corbin. That's exactly
0: what would happen. They would put. You can say that about anybody. The second week, Walter would have a wrinkled shirt with a mustard stain on it. Right.
1: Oh, Walter's a hard luck uh, Walter, they call him now. Hard luck Walter. Auto Tolly W. (laughs) Instead (laughs) Instead of Shorty G.
0: Oh, now he's... Whoa, Walter, he's bringing his teddy bear to the ring. Oh,
1: woeful Walter. Woeful Walter and Teddy B. That's his... That's his friend. People have got to be apprehensive when they go to the main roster. uh, Just because it's like, what dumb thing are they going to make me do? I remember... Watching uh, the Undertaker on the Broken Skull sessions with Steve Austin's podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there the uh, the the egg the the thing for the Thanksgiving Survivor Series was right. going on. And sure. Mark Calloway, the the man behind the Undertaker before he was the Undertaker, thought that that's gonna be me. They're gonna make me the Eggman. Like <laughs> <laughs> he was terrified. Like oh god, I left WCW for this, uh, but he said, hey, you're gonna be the Undertaker, and. <laughs> the rest is history, I guess, but hopefully
0: woeful Walter um, accompanied to the ring by Teddy B is not Teddy B <laughs> in, in, in the future. Right. It's, it's Teddy long. He comes back to play the role of Teddy. Oh, B. One can only hope. Woeful Walter's Teddy bear. <laughs> <Woeful friend>. Walt- <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah, great match. And hopefully Walter's not going anywhere because we like him right where he is.
0: He's so good. He's so good. He's all oh, I love it, man. I, I'm into it. But the NXT Women's Championship, the NXT Women's Champion, Raquel Gonzalez, defended the belt against Dakota Kai. Oh, oh, by the way, Ilya Dragunov was picked by AJ Plushy, and uh, he was right. Hey, hey. Uh, AJ Plushy picked Dakota Kai in the match against Raquel Gonzalez and he is not right. Yeah. Raquel yeah. Gonzalez retained... We talked about Raquel Gonzalez a lot last week, and so we really, really need to retread uh, <laughs> some of our not so um, flattering stories about her ill, uh, her, her both figuratively and literally ill-fitting costumes in her NXT house show days. And how we thought, she's not really going to ever amount to much.
1: And she did. Oh, I I will say, though, of all the very talented women in that locker room, she would be, like, on my top three least likely to ever hold the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Dakota Kai, very talented, though. I remember Dakota Kai when she was in the Mae Young Classic. Again, that's where a lot of these women came in. I don't think Rachel Gonzalez was part of that, to be honest with you. Not that I can recall. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I remember Dakota Kai is tiny and, uh, Rachel Gonzalez is not, but I remember Dakota Kai was, uh, having really good matches with, uh, Rhea Ripley in the early days of Rhea Ripley when she had long hair and she looked perfect. She looked perfect, Darren, I tell you, perfect. Um, but even though Rhea Ripley is a monster compared to Dakota Kai, they, like, she was still a credible threat to Rhea Ripley and they had some really good matches, um, so and I think Rhea Ripley, she got rid of her long hair. I think she, uh, as we said,
0: Rhea Ripley and Kyle O'Reilly went to the barber shop together and said, "Give me every give haircut me- <laughs> you got. I want them all
1: at the same time." Right. So Dakota Kai, it's she has to wrestle a certain way because she's going to be the smaller, typically smaller, uh, combatant in the ring. Uh, so it's 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 hard to. It's hard to consider her a credible threat sometimes, but she can hold her own against bigger, uh, bigger ladies for sure. But not on this night. To me, she's a she's the better wrestler. Uh, she's definitely the better wrestler. I don't think she should be champion necessarily, but she's the better wrestler.
0: It's a good feud, and it's interesting to see Dakota Kai as a heel. But uh, Raquel Gonzalez, it makes more sense when you look at it as to as to who would win. Right.
1: Well, it's, it's very quickly, it's something I've always wanted to mention on the show, but haven't, we have never had a chance to. Very briefly, uh, you and I, I think the last NXT house show that we saw, uh, Aaliyah was still there. Aaliyah was still at the house shows, and um, she was still in house show purgatory, and rightly so, she just still be there now. Oh! Uh, she was, but she was fighting the one girl, the tall girl who did security... Oh, yeah. I think she's yeah, on TV yeah, yeah. now, but I haven't really watched. I, don't I haven't she, seen her. I don't think... She,
0: she did. There was a period where she, she went on TV. Yeah, I
1: recall her being on... You were like, you know, that is... That's security girl. But she's very... The, the, the security girl... I don't know her name. I apologize, folks. She's very tall. And she was doing this, like, nerd gimmick. But she wrestled Aaliyah. And Aaliyah was the heel in the match. And the nerdy, tall girl... I mean, she just looks like a tall, athletic woman because she is, but she's, like, afraid of Aaliyah, who's, like, five foot nothing, and it doesn't work at all. Doesn't work. <laughs> so when the, when the tiny girl is the heel, like, Alexa Bliss knew how to do it right, where she was a heel, but she knew that she, she was aware of her size, and she did a lot of, like, running away. She was the coward heel, where and this, you know, house show match that we saw with Aaliyah, Leah's like this like threatening presence to this girl who would basically drop kick her out of existence <laughs> with her her massive thoroughbred legs. Uh, but anyway, I just want to bring that up real quick. How it's it's tough to be the heel when you're tiny. And then that that's for men as well, not just women. But I, I just I thought about that match when I when I was uh, thinking about this match. So, yeah,
0: yeah. I- I don't know. Uh, Dakota Kai, she's doing the weird uh, breakaway, you know, we were partners, and, you know, I'm not the sidekick, and, you know, that can go either way. The sidekick can either come out of it looking like a heel, or come out of it looking like a baby face. Dakota Kai, it just so happens to have been that she becomes the heel version of the breakaway sidekick, don't call me sidekick, and... Sidekick, heel, all these feet terms... Yeah, imagine that.
1: Yeah.
0: Next up on the TakeOver card, the ultra-legitimate championship, the Million Dollar Championship, is on the line as the current Million Dollar Champion, L.A. Knight. NXT has more belts than Kenny Omega. Yeah. What? what? L.A. Knight, formerly known as Eli Drake, <sighs> he does nothing for me. He does nothing for me
1: he's uh there's nothing wrong with him but he's compared to all these other very talented people he's kind of mediocre right yeah he he's a good height a weight he has an excellent build he's a body guy as we said before like if there's a machine where you know you type in wrestle the computer and you you pull the lever Someone like him probably would come out. For sure. Like I, I said, there's nothing wrong with him, but there's nothing exceptional about him either. There's nothing about him that you can't live without. Right. And in NXT, he where sucks. there is. I'm kidding, I'm kidding.
0: In NXT, where there is not a lot of room for. mediocrity. Character building? elias Take that, Aliyah. <laughs> There's not a lot of room for character building and he doesn't have like entrance attire and I don't understand what his name is supposed to mean. It, he It just ends up seeming generic. And I know it's not. It's actually probably very specific, but it seems very generic. And anyway, Cameron Grimes, I'm not so sure I like his gimmick either. I mean, The the weird, like, wild man Trevor Lee gimmick that Cameron Grimes had before going to NXT. I don't know that it was anything special, but it did seem authentic. It seemed straight-up indie, but it seemed authentic. His weird tearaway tuxedo, his top hat, his accent, and, like, even his, like, victory yell. It's all this, like bogus Cajun shtick. Like, I don't... I don't... I don't get either of these guys. And I think they're both talented. But... Why is Ted DiBiase at ringside? Why are we bringing back this belt? I
1: don't... I don't think I need any of this. Nothing about this match needed to be on my TV. To me, me, the weirdest thing about this match is Ted DiBiase... When he's not the million dollar man, he's just Ted DiBiase. I'm just a guy. I'm just Ted DiBiase. It's like, oh, so you never had a million dollars? Oh, so wrestling's bullshit? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, in a small way. Like he's not the he's not the Undertaker who came back. And he's like, I'm ahead. You gonna <laughs> fight? You gonna fight and rest in peace? It's it's Ted DiBiase. You gonna fight and rest in peace? <laughs> well he's. He's has got to be The Undertaker. He's not going to come back as, oh, Mark Calloway. And I think you're going to fight him in a wrestling match. like, Because that's old wrestling. Ted DiBiase, the million dollar... <laughs> Buying people, having his own personal slave. Like, I mean... <laughs> well, he, he did. I know. No, no, I know. But still, like, Ted DiBiase was such a character. He, he was a believable character, much more than The Undertaker... Who is a fictional character? Ted DiBiase could just be a millionaire. That that could be a real thing, sure. But that's my that's my problem is he's just Ted DiBiase and he's not the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Especially in the eighties, right? Am I right? Reaganomics. Sure, sure. But that's a joke for some of you. Uh, <laughs> but um, so that that's my problem with seeing Ted DiBiase in NXT. Like it's like, ah, oh, Ted DiBiase. It's like I'm looking at Ted DiBiase, only that's not Ted DiBiase. You see what I mean? All to right. me, to me, that's what makes it. And the Million Dollar Belt is there, too. What does that mean to Ted DiBiase?
0: And what does it mean to L.A. Knight? Right. Uh, it's a bargaining chip that- to make this old, like, born-again Christian man come be your slave now? Like... Here, here's the retribution 35 years later. That's
1: what this is, though. This is damage control for the Virgil years. I think that's what this is. God, uh, it's... Th- I think talk that's... I think too, that's exactly what this is. too little too late. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that That's exactly what this whole setup is, which makes me care less about the whole thing.
0: The only way you could actually do that properly is to hire Virgil and have him on there, but... They're not going anywhere near that dude. He is bat shit crazy. <laughs> Cameron Grime wins the match though, so he's the new million dollar champion, and his phony laughter and Ted DiBiase uh, is Ted DiBiase doesn't have to be a slave. Nice.
1: The end. Moving on. Carrying cross. Now, now that also means less when you know how how wrestling is not real. Like, I, I would have believed that in the 80s. But, like, no one... Oh, he's gonna be a servant forever! Oh, yeah, that means a lot. Just like your general managers. I'm sure they manage a lot. I'm sure they do, they have a lot of pool backstage. Like, th- those kind of those stipulations don't work for me anymore. It's like, okay, well, that's just bullshit. Well, now that they've downsized NXT again,
0: and it's back to all these shows take place in this tiny little... Area with only a few fans and a black, a plain black canvas and real up-close camera work. With those sycophant fans that you hate. Exactly. Now that it's that, it's also the stakes seem lower. The majesty and grandeur and uh, uh, suspension of disbelief that happens in a 30,000 seat arena with a big set and all these backstage segments that's gone and ted dibiase just walking around with a bad hip you know it's not believable that he's like
1: ha 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 ha, exactly you can't take me down a peg maybe he has a gold hip we don't know a gold replacement hip
0: he or maybe platinum or even tungsten it could be
1: diamonds as well it well, that, 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 that's also, I mean, what you just said also is 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 something to, to mention. NXT seemed like it was ever-growing, but it seemed like it hit the ceiling, and now it's coming back down again because, I mean, Vince McMahon is having more influence in NXT these days. He wants to make NXT. He wants to take NXT down a peg because uh, I think it maybe wasn't so much competition with AEW, More so competition with WWE itself. And I think he kind of recognized that and was like, okay, I need to make this shitty somehow. Well, they're on their way. Apparently,
0: it's getting a complete and total makeover. Uh, The roster, obviously, has gotten trimmed significantly. And apparently, now the only talent supposedly appearing on NXT are forecasted to be big and young. So giant young wrestlers in a completely reimagined third brand so and baby
1: new year, I, big and young.
0: Yes. Okay. So I don't know. I I don't know what that's gonna be like, but I do know what this night was like, and uh, it's not great. That the diminished size NXT room. It's. I don't know. They've been doing this for a while too, but there's there's a like plexiglass and then a chain link fence, and yet there's a crowd there, but it's a tiny crowd. And you know they they kept saying fifty five thousand million people at Summerslam. With no masks and no social distancing and we don't give a shit because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas right. except for viruses. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Florida, even the crowd that is separated from the wrestlers by plexiglass are all wearing masks. And by the way, they're all lit from underneath. There Are there seats? There also appeared that there are no seats. And that it's like fest style. Everybody at NXT is standing, and it looks like they're lit from underneath. Like, nope, you don't get chairs, but you do have to stare down into a blue lamp at, in between your feet all night long, and it gives the weird impression of. You ever go like like um, like at an exotic pet store, or like a uh, like a uh, fish store, and you go to the back, so all the windows up front which bring, like, that weird yellow afternoon sunlight Right,
1: right, But you're right. in the
0: back, 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 and it's dark. It's that soft glow. But it's just the blue glow from all of the aquariums. That's the way the crowd at NXT TakeOver 36 looks like. I agree. All,
1: all that's missing is
0: that, like, uh, that
1: hum, that electronic yeah. hum. Mm. So, you
0: know, NXT TakeOver 36 brought to you from... An exotic pet store. <laughs> that seats uh, about 800 people? I don't know. Exotic pets like Karrion Cross, Ooh. the NXT champion, and Samoa Joe. This uh, is an NXT championship match that I never thought I would see. I definitely didn't think I would see Samoa Joe back in NXT
1: fighting for it all. Old Samoa and Joseph. Uh, I believe he's the first three-time NXT champion because he beats Carry uh, On Cross here. Carry On Cross making his way over to Raw. I almost said moving up to Raw, but that's not necessarily true. Him showing up in his Toe Cutter gear from Mad Max, somewhere between the Sultan and Toe Cutter, was Carry uh, On Cross's gear. And I, I hate to say this, and and a lot of people, a lot of people are down on his look, and a lot of people are upset that people are down on his look. But I don't want to call this too early, and I don't like to be negative. It looks like Karrion Cross is DOA when it comes to him being on the WWE roster. And you don't mean that he is the newest member of the
0: Disciples of
1: Apocalypse. No, no, that that's the, the one thing they could have done that would be worse than what, what he is uh, currently looking like. He's got Scarlet Bordeaux, though. Uh, even if they canned him, I wonder if uh, Scarlet Bordeaux would would still be around. I'm sure she would. Well, if Carrying Cross is the new Sultan, then
0: I guess Scarlet Bordeaux is the new Iron Sheik. Yes, I like that. I the headgear it, it does scream of the Sultan, and I just don't. I'm not into Carrying Cross. Right. I don't. I don't know that I hate him, but I didn't know what all the hype's all about. Okay. Well,
1: Samoa Joe, there's... Uh, I like Samoa Joe, Sif. There's nothing exciting about him being champion of NXT. Because it, it, it's still, in my mind, it sounds like a demotion. Like, he went back to NXT. It's like, go back to the minor leagues. And I I, I don't consider NXT that, but it, it's the way they make you think NXT should be considered. I
0: agree, but I'm so on board with not viewing the NXT as the minor league, but uh, but actually as a as, as a level a cont- third brand.
1: A contemporary, sure. Yeah,
0: for that reason, because I really do truly honestly look at it that way, I don't think of Samoa Joe going back being a demotion. And I like the fact that it's almost like Ric Flair leaving the WWF after his two-year run, like 92, 93, and then him going back to WCW. I'm sure people looked at that as, oh my God, you made it. You're in New York. You're working for Titan. You're the champion. Now you're going to go back to Atlanta and, you know, bum around with the, the, the minor leagues of pro wrestling. And I thought those people were wrong then. And I, and I think that that's kind of, uh, not the best way to look at it about Samoa Joe today. I don't think that it's a a demotion for Samoa Joe. I expected him to lose this match. Oh, and, no, I did too. I and did. that I would have definitely seen as a demotion. Why did we bring this dude back?
1: Well, the only one who thought that he would win was the AJ Styles plushie because he <laughs> actually picked Samoa Joe to win. Uh, foolishly, I thought at first. But, no, it, it's it's hard to say that NXT isn't WWE because it is. It just is. Right, right, right.
0: I think only Samoa Joe losing this match would have been the demotion. So him winning, I, I feel like Maybe that's kind of, maybe that's the spark in the new direction. Because Samoa Joe, well, well, he's not young,
1: but at least he is a big guy. But to me, this kind of reeks of like when WWE took over ECW. And like, hey, it's all the people that you know from ECW, but we're just going to put all of our WWE guys over on all of them. Uh, and make it unrecognizable. Sure. I, I, I feel like that's what's about to happen to NXT. Uh, Is she going to feed everybody to Samoa Joe? Basically, yeah. Uh, Big and Young, as you say, one of the lesser known country acts. I was about to say. There you go. Yeah. I wanted to make that joke earlier, but you moved away, and I was like, I got to come back to that one. Got to come back to it. Oh, man. So Samoa Joe (laughs) winning uh, hopefully is not a sign of things to come, but uh, it is what it is for now. So, again, I like Samoa Joe, but it's kind of weird that he's champion again. And um, we saved the best for last. Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, the you Walter. You said Walter and Dragonoff was the best. Well, they, they, they had best for firsts. Sure. They,
0: they had, uh, you know I saved the best for firsts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's like having breakfast for supper. Or breakfast for it'd breakfast. Be, it'd be supper for but, breakfast. Yeah, but breakfast is better than supper. So if you save the best for first. Okay. Then that's. I mean, my breakfast food. When? When? At breakfast time. That's when we have breakfast at my place. Save the best for first. Save the best for first. Kyle
1: O'Reilly <laughs> and Adam Cole. The now, remnants, who's got the giggles this week? Darren. The
0: remnants of the undisputed era. The era, era. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole uh, fought the other night at Takeover. In a best two out of three falls match, with the first fall being a traditional wrestling match, the second fall being a street fight, and had it been necessary, a third fall. (laughs) And it was. (laughs) And it was a steel cage. And the main reason I'm excited about a steel cage match is because it means that while they're lowering the cage, we get to hear the. (laughs) Love it. I'm here for it. So, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. What do you think about this match?
1: Oh, man. There's three falls worth. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't like it as much as I wanted to like it. Wow. Well, for two guys who are amazing wrestlers, the wrestling match <laughs> didn't last very long. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly gets, the, gets a roll-up on um, Adam Cole really early on to score the first fall uh and because this one has a different stipulation for each fall it really made me wish that the wrestling actually uh happened longer than than it actually did i mean technically in the steel cage match it's still a wrestling match with a steel cage so i'll kind of let that slide but that still bothered me a little bit because it was mostly them in the street fight and it's them hitting each other with you know kendo sticks and trash cans and chairs I can watch anyone who has zero wrestling ability do that. I can watch, you know, Nick Gage do that. Oh. I just wanted to see your face when I said that. That's what I'm saying, though. But, like, I mean, and, you know, anyone who fights that hardcore style, they don't have to be a good wrestler to do that. These two don't need to do that. They can just be amazing wrestlers. And I thought the street fight lasted... Way longer than it needed to, but it was also obvious that Adam Cole was going to win uh, that second fall. So, of course, it goes to the third fall because you don't just have the ring crew assemble a cage and then not use the cage. So it goes into that third fall, and uh, like I said, the match with... uh, I like the third fall the best, I I will say. Um, And that was what I wish the entire match was. It may as well have just been a 20-minute clinic inside of a steel cage. I would have liked that better.
0: That would have been much better. I think it would have suited these two wrestlers better. I think it would have been a more interesting story. I think that this match suffered from being in the exotic pet store with 15 people there, separated by plexiglass. It's not the NXT TakeOver main events of old. It's not the Drew McIntyre and the... Uh, Andrade and Alistair Black. It's not Gargano and Champa, and that, that's not even of old. either. that's of like mid NXT. Well, I know, but, that, but but that was at the height. That was right. right we're right. selling out arenas on par with
1: the WWE show that's the next night. Well, it's it's these fans I noticed watching Takeover was these are the fans that sing with the music and do the. Boom, with Adam Cole and the Adam Cole baby! but when the match actually ended, like the one, two, threes, like you don't, there's not a pop. You know, you don't hear them react to it.
0: Yeah, that's kind of weird. I wonder why that is.
1: I don't know, but it made it less special. Was was my was my uh, gripe about? It. I think the
0: ending of this whole match was less special.
1: Yeah, and and also, I mean, obviously the dark cloud hanging over it is, is if is if Adam Cole is going to stick around in WWE. Because he does lose this match to Kyle O'Reilly, which makes it seem kind of like, a well, he's on his way out, so he's going to lose on his way out. And uh, he tapped. I mean, it was a
0: clean loss. And
1: it was a fast loss. Like, he needed to be in the move for a little while. He is inches. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly has got got his leg locked, and, and Adam Cole is, you know, taking this punishment. He's about to tap out. He is inches away from a kendo stick. And it's like hashtag of wrestling were real, he would have grabbed. And I thought he was like, I oh, was gonna grab the stick and use it. Nope, he just taps out. Grab the stick and turn around and whack Kyle O'Reilly, who was handcuffed to the ropes. <laughs> Please, uh, and, and to me that was that was poor that was poor ring placement, uh, or like Werethall. Like he he should have realized that the stick or any object should not have been with an arm's length, because people would be like, why didn't he just? Why did he just do that? It was... Yeah, it was way closer than beyond... Or, I mean, it was
0: way closer than just within arm's length. It was right there. Yeah, it was It
1: was right it there. It was right there. So, yeah. Th- that, that I didn't like. I thought the, the ending was kind of rush. I don't know. I, I just... I wish this were just a long, very good 20-minute match. And you say the dark cloud
0: hanging over Adam Cole's future. To me, the only dark possibility for his future is getting called up to Raw or SmackDown and becoming... The Eggman and
1: <laughs> right, becoming right,
0: right. medium size A. He is the Eggman, Goo Goo tube. and the, the the bright cloud or the the absence of clouds. I can see clearly now. The rain is gone.
1: If Adam Cole, baby, goes to AEW, that I would really really enjoy. I think he's 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 done all he could do in NXT. And, and and therefore he's probably done
0: all he could do in the WWE. Absolutely.
1: No, I there was a time where I was like looking forward to undisputed era hitting Raw, showing up on Raw that there haven't been like any like like outsiderish factions in wrestling in such a long time besides like the Bullet Club and the, the undisputed era seem like these are like three or four at the time Four Roderick Strong was there. Very capable wrestlers, very credible threats. If they just showed up on Raw one day, it'd be kind of a cool thing and a big deal. I mean, they they would they would throw completely mismatched people into Undisputed Era with them, and Undisputed but, Era was always lacking a female wrestler. But for a little while, with
0: the gimmick shirts and the cool music and the cool guy attitude and being over, way over, being way over, yeah, they could yeah. have been a big deal if only for a short while. But I realized watching this match, and not even about O'Reilly, but about Adam Cole specifically, the reason he needs to leave WWE now is because I never ever before the other night felt like he was as small of a man (laughs) as he appeared to be that night. I finally understood it. I don't necessarily agree with it. But I finally understood people who criticize Adam Cole, particularly about him being a small guy. Like, oh, he's not; he can't be a WWE main eventer. I mean, he's too small. And I'm like, uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Finn Balor. Uh, uh. But no, Adam Cole. If you stop and look for a little bit too long, from just the right angle, he's tiny.
1: Right. No, like like I said when we were watching it. If he were three inches taller and 30 pounds heavier, he would be like Vince's new Shawn Michaels, or at least Vince's new AJ Styles. But I think
0: Adam Cole at that size can be a big deal in AEW. He was a big deal in ROH. He was a big deal in New Japan. I think Adam Cole could be a big, big deal, a main eventer, dare I say the face of a company, but not the WWE. AEW might be a really nice fit, for Adam Cole. Adam Cole, CM Punk? Could be. Adam Cole,
1: Darby Allin? Adam Cole, Kenny Omega? Sure. I can see all that happening. Absolutely.
0: I could be into that. I could be really into that. It's a lot better than Adam Cole versus uh, Shorty G. <laughs> Hey, don't discount Shorty G. He's not even Shorty G anymore. Like they've already <laughs> <laughs> he's already gone back to Chad Gable.
1: Hashtag never forget. That's for damn sure. That's where that hashtag came from. We all make mistakes. I think our AJ Plushy knows that because how did uh, how did AJ Plushy do? Well, he picked Adam Cole to win, and he was wrong because Kyle
0: O'Reilly won. So he goes two and three. Oh, AJ Plushy take over two no correct good. picks and three incorrect picks. So. Jay well, Below hopefully, 500.
1: Hopefully for SummerSlam he does a, a little bit better. We're going to go from Sunday's show back to Saturday's show. You know why? Because no one's ever in town on, in Vegas on a not Sunday? Not in
0: Las Vegas, baby. What stays in Vegas stays in Vegas. Except on Sundays when it leaves. Did you say what stays in Vegas stays in Vegas? <laughs> I'm drunk. Oh. I'm not drunk. I'm oh. not drunk. SummerSlam though on a Saturday, Saturday in Las Vegas, Nevada. SummerSlam 2021. We had 11 matches, 11 big matches. Uh, AJ Plushie only picked 10 of them because there was one we didn't know about.
1: That's what they do.
0: The opening match of the night was Big E versus Baron Corbin, and Big E is they should start calling him slightly less Big E because it's like Hulk Hogan in 93 or Chris Masters when he went to TNA it's like ooh somebody came off the gas and they shrank ooh and so biggie you know he's still got big round shoulders and gigantic boobs but like he's he's just overall smaller it's like he actually got he got hit by Rick Moranis with like his shrinking ray <laughs> <laughs>
1: honey,
0: honey, I shrunk
1: the e. yeah shrunk Big E. Oh man, well he he might be cutting down his weight. I don't know to be faster in the ring. He he was always pretty mobile. That's one of the things like about Big E. Like he's a he's a size guy, but he's very mobile. He might have been uh,
0: been cutting weight to make himself sillier. He is
1: the buzz, you know of of the new day. The buzz, pit fighter. Oh. Uh- <laughs> he's the Buzz. He is. Xavier is the tie, and Kofi is the Kato.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's a little bit smaller. He's a little bit smaller and he's like half New day doubts out. He has like a halfway New Day entrance. It's not good. It's not good. They needed to go all the way not New Day. That He needs to be with the New Day or he needs to be out of the New Day. I don't like him as like Ancillary member. I'm the satellite of the new day. It makes him sort of weird and lonely, it, it, like a like the NWOB team. I was, gonna, I was gonna
1: say that same exact thing. Yeah, we're we're the same but different, and it's weird.
0: Yeah, it's just weird. It's, it's we're the it, guys that might lose. It's lesser. <laughs> we don't
1: want lesser. Right, right.
0: And Biggie takes on Baron Corbin, and Baron Corbin also. I mean, this one's on purpose, though. Big E, they, they think they're doing the right thing, and they're not. Baron Corbin, the thing they're doing is supposed to suck. He's supposed to be this lovable loser. Um, Instead, it's kind of weird to me. I'm already tired of it. I've seen it twice, and I don't want to see it another time. Oh, wow, wow. I don't like it. Like, I, I'm i one of those guys, few guys who liked Baron Corbin. Like, one of those few people who liked Mojo Rawley. And Baron Corbin
1: was good. I don't want King Corbin. See, this is the first time I've actually liked Baron Corbin. Really? Only because he's he's doing well with the material they've given him. Um, because they now it's like when he was in Vegas, he actually won money, and he won like a lot of money. So he has like nice clothes now, and he's got a nice car. So like he's talking about his luck turning around and stuff. <laughs> I, I I think it's I think it works because again, I've never really liked Baron Corbin at all. But I, I like this. Like when he wrestled Drew McIntyre. And he, <laughs> McIntyre asked him how much money he needed. And he said he needed like what? A hundred thousand? hundred thousand dollars. How much do you need just for like something to eat? And like you know a shower. Like a haircut. And he was like a hundred thousand dollars. I thought he would say like ten thousand dollars. But a hundred thousand dollars was okay, absurd. Okay so
0: outside of the ring it's a good character. It, and Baron Corman is actually doing a good job. But inside the ring, what
1: talent Baron Corbin did have is not being showcased at all. Right. He's becoming more of a character. And I I think he realizes it pays all the same. So I might as well just focus on the character. Don't break my back. And wrestle very little and be able to walk in 10 years.
0: Well, Biggie wins the match. And we don't have uh, a choice for it. Because AJ Styles Plus, you didn't know it was going to (laughs) happen. Second match of the night. The real life, flesh and blood AJ Styles and his tag team partner, (laughs) almost the Raw Tag Team Champions, took on RK Bro. Of course, we mean Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. And. uh, Matt Riddle. His name is Riddle. No! I'm going to call him Matt Riddle because I I don't like it. Okay. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle win. RK Bro. Are your new Raw Tag Team Champions, much to the chagrin of Randy Orton, who didn't want to reunite, didn't want to have this match, certainly didn't want to re-enter a relationship, a working relationship, a tag team partnership with Matt Riddle, and now he's stuck. Because they're holding the
1: belts. I uh, I appreciate a good odd couple tag team. Uh, it's like when Dude Love and Steve Austin were together. Or like Rock and Sock Connection. I guess if anyone tags with Mick Foley, they don't want to. Uh- <laughs> 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 but, um, and and this one's fine. Again, I don't like Randy Orton per se. But, I some of the stuff he's done with Riddle has been comical. And it has been entertaining. And if that's what Vince McMahon wants to make as a... Entertainment show, entertaining show. I'm I am mildly amused by this pairing. I I will say that. I actually agree with you. I'm mildly amused by them. I just think it's a disservice to Matt Riddle. Oh, of course it is. And that sucks. Any actual wrestler who's on WWE, they're going to be disservice. They're not going to be able to be showcased. It's just you know what they're doing isn't bad. It's
0: actually pretty good. It's just not it's what I want for entertaining, Matt
1: but I want to watch Matt Riddle wrestle. No, I understand. Go ahead.
0: Well, AJ Styles' plushie picked flesh and blood AJ Styles, and he was wrong. He's his biased. Because he was biased. It was, was it was. was. Uh, we got to give him that. But uh, almost is uh, uh, not enough. His enormity is not enough to overcome RK-Bro, and so the new tag team champions of the Raw brand
1: are... RK Bro. Next up, we got Alexa Bliss taking on Eva Marie with Dewdrop in her corner. Uh, We know a bit more about the whole Dewdrop name thanks to hashtag dear listener Jason Maxwell. Appreciate that, Jason. And uh, Jason Maxwell is one of the OGs, by the way. He's an OG listener. God bless. God bless, Jason Maxwell. Um, yeah, no, no uh, title on the line here, just uh, good old-fashioned bragging rights. As I, I like say. that.
0: We complained last week that it is just title match, title match, title match, no matter what show, what company, so it was refreshing to be like, hey, these people are just going to wrestle. Why? Because they're wrestlers. That's their fucking job. No, wrestlers don't need a reason to wrestle. They just need to wrestle. They do. And I, like Alexa Bliss, I've gotten so many messages from our hashtag Dear Listeners lately that are complaining about the fact that Alexa Bliss is still working the, basically the Bray Wyatt gimmick. And how dare she? The scary girl gimmick. What does that even mean? How can she be Bray Wyatt if there is no Bray Wyatt? And I just, I disagree. I like this look for her. I didn't like the fact that she had just kind of become another pretty face. Another above average talent. She just was there. And... This, like you said, scary girl gimmick. I really like it. I think it's hilarious that they made the doll, like, have facial expressions and stuff. And I know that that's that's reaching. But when has the WWE not done that kind of stuff? Not reached? Right. Not (laughs) not (laughs) overreached. Right, right. I mean, they've been doing stuff like that forever. And so, I don't have a problem with it. In fact, I really like it. And I think she likes it. And that's very telling. Do you think Eva Marie's happy to be back? I don't know. That is a hard nut to crack. I cannot figure out. I don't think she has emotions. I think she does what. (laughs) I honestly, like, I remember her from, like, early seasons of Total Divas. Right. and, and, And this sounds awful, awful. And, like, I'm taking a funny situation and actually. Dropping, like, some serious shit right here. You're do dropping some serious Mm -hmm. shit? Okay. I feel like Eva Marie is, I don't think she's in a healthy marriage. I Oh, wow. I feel like, and I have for years, I feel like she does what she is told by her husband. Oh, my God. And I think Vince McMahon called one day and was like, uh, yeah, uh, Eva Marie, why don't you come back? And she's like, okay, I don't have my own thoughts. And her husband was like, do it, make more money. 'Cause he's a turd. Like, I always hated that dude. I can't even remember what his name is now, but so I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't
1: know if Eva Marie's happy to be back. I can't tell. I, I was I was more so talking about the fact that all new wrestlers, all 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 new women wrestlers, quote, all the real wrestlers shit on all the past divas and say, We do it for real now. Now it's about wrestling. So whatever someone from the diva era of WWE shows up. It's always going to be kind of like, yeah, you all respect me,
0: right? (laughs) Well, you know, I think that if I can say anything like overly positive, like something like a really positive thing about Eva Marie is I think she learned early trial by fire, baptism by fire, whatever you want to call it. I think, she got used to being shit on so harshly so early in her career by her husband that <laughs> yeah oh, okay. and everybody else that i don't think she gives a damn like i don't think i think this chick is impervious to criticism and if so good for her but you know i thought she did a pretty good job she's not a good wrestler she's never going to be a good wrestler <laughs> She, she's so not. She's not. She's dude. not a
1: good wrestler. She's never been a good wrestler. She's in a loveless relationship. I but somebody, hey, somebody
0: in Orlando loves her. someone still loves you, Boris Yeltsin, and and someone still loves you, Eva Marie. I love that band. <laughs>
1: someone still loves you, Boris Yeltsin. Wow. Shout out to shout out to that.
0: Shout out to someone still loves you, Boris Yeltsin. And oh, by the way. I like Dewdrop. Who knew that Piper Niven had this much personality? Not me. Not from watching her in NXT UK or watching her in the May Young Classic. But no, I
1: did her uh, her, her wrestling a uh, Tony Storm. That was a great match. No, I didn't say she couldn't wrestle. Who you knew are Doudrop so was judgmental this? of these women wrestlers and their marriages, Darren? I'm not. I, is Dewdrop married? I said nothing
0: about Dewdrop's marriage. No. Which may or may not, not exist. Not yet. In
1: a, in a future episode, I'm sure you're going to talk well, all about
0: one, it. Well, once I learn. It's once true. I learn about it, yeah. You you can't you, wait to criticize. You're darn tootin' I'm going to have an opinion. It's going to be a strong one. But for now, it's about who dewdrop is on the screen. I'm into it. She seems delightful. And I like her with Eva Marie. And I like the fact that... Well, now, she, of course, I think she's not with Eva Marie. As we see on this night... She's tired of being pushed around. She's tired of being a sidekick. I mean, oh shocker. You know, everybody what? <laughs> Exactly. It's it's a tale as old as time. But Alexa Bliss uh, wins the match as she should. Alexa Bliss is a very good wrestler. even uh, Eva Marie is not. I don't think anybody is ever going to try and push Eva Marie as a
1: good wrestler. Eva Marie is like is like um is like John Morrison coming back. Oh no. It, no. No 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 no, no. It, it, it's just someone that you remember from that era of wrestling, but really they they're there just for like appearances of like a, oh that person. Yeah, but John Morrison is a hell of a talent. No no no, I'm not saying talent-wise. I'm saying it's someone they're never going to do anything with. They they're just going to show up and be someone that you recognize and they're going to get trounced by whoever they're feuding with. Well,
0: you're
1: uh, you're uh, you're probably you're probably actually right about both of them.
0: And as far as even Marie goes, then I'm sort of okay with that. It's kind of sad, though, that John you're, Morrison... you no better
1: than her husband, Darren. John
0: Morrison could achieve at a very high level anywhere else. And I, instead, they've got him being
1: Johnny Drip Drip, or... I didn't say he wasn't talented. Again, my point was, you know they're going to do nothing with them. No, He's not going to win know. any titles. Far, I agree. I'm, I'm agreeing with okay, you. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm agreeing with okay, you. Okay, okay. I'm
0: saying that's too bad for him because I am just saying another company would just he'd be drip, drip he, he's, he's he'd be dripping, dripping with titles. He's
1: out of companies to be Johnny <laughs> fill in the blank. He uh, could, at this
0: point he could be Johnny Elite, right? He has never been an AEW. <laughs>
1: well, all, all, all he has to do is get Future Endeavor, and he'll show up the next day. Well, and well, he'll show up in 91 days. How about that? Uh, Plushy AJ was wrong.
0: Plushy AJ, for some reason, picked Eva Marie. Plushy AJ is fired from the show, Darren. Never again. Plushy AJ and Eva Marie's husband. I think his name is Jonathan. Oh, my God. What a douchebag. All right. Uh, the next match is Sheamus. Sheamus. The United States champion. Sheamus. Taking on, uh, everybody's favorite wrestler, Punishment Martinez. The Archer of Infamy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Damian Priest won. He won the match.
1: <laughs> he it won the match. It was
0: a match. And he's the United States champion instead of Sheamus because anybody wants to see that. Right.
1: Well, I, I'm tired of people who are not from the United States winning the U.S. belt and going, I'm a real champion of the United States and, and fuck you. People who are from here, like that's that's just so old to me. Um, so I, Sheamus having that belt, well, anyone having the U.S. title does nothing for them because I feel like the U.S. title is, even though the equivalent of the U.S. title would be the Intercontinental title, because it was it was it was WCW's IC belt for the most sure. part. Well, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's it will always be a belt that came over from WCW, so it'll always be kind of less than the Intercontinental title. Well, they will make
0: sure it's that. Well, right. Unfortunately. And,
1: well, even the IC belt's kind of like, yeah, the IC belt, you yeah, know, whatever. They, they kinda, it's not even defended on the show, for God's sake. Uh, but doesn't stop Shinsuke Nakamura, your current IC champion, from showing up at uh, SummerSlam with his good buddy Rick Books. Is that what they call him now? Uh, it's something like that. I'm just calling him Booger. Okay. Like... From Revenge of the Nerds. Okay. Well, I actually, uh, Rick Boogs is, uh, Eric Bogenhagen, Uh, someone that I actually like quite a bit. The last house show you and I saw, the last NXT house show we saw many, many moons ago, Eric Bugenhagen was there. And I remember you and I seeing him going, this guy, this guy, he gets it. Uh, playing Eric guitar, having a ponytail and just being kind of a, he had a cool look to him. He had the mustache. You can tell he was kind of carefree and wild. And I don't know. I like that about him. But, there's a YouTube channel that I follow called uh, Jujimufu, and he constantly shows up on the channel, I'm like... Like, in the videos? Yeah, 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 because is a bodybuilder um, who looks like an 80s wrestler. Okay, can, can you say the name again? Jujimufu. Jujimufu. That's his name. Okay. Okay. Um, That's cool. So basically, he just makes uh, bodybuilding videos, but Eric Bugenhagen shows up in a lot of his videos, and they train together... Jujumufo is a big strong guy. Eric Buchenhagen is insanely strong. Really? Insanely I mean, strong. Like he's, like
0: he's got the like big like softball biceps. No, he's so, got, like he's, I believe it. He's
1: got like Cesaro strength. Like wow. that's how strong he is. Wow. Um but no, like he's there's tons of videos. He has a YouTube channel as well. It's a, a lot of lifting, but he's known for like lifting very, very heavy. I'm sure Vince McMahon loves him because he can lift so heavy.
0: Now, is he actually playing guitar?
1: Yes. Like, okay, he's he actually, also a guitar. And also, he actually plays the guitar, uh, which, which is cool, too, and it works. I don't know. It, it, the two of them work well together. I think you can put... Uh, I hate that they call them boogs. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't surprise me because it's Vince McMahon and WWE going, can we make your name shorter? Okay, shorter than that. Okay, shorter than that. Can we change your name? Okay, but shorten it. And shorter than that. Okay, your name is... Uh. I was about to say, yeah, I was going to say,
0: can we make it just one letter? Actually, can we make it a sound? Mm-hmm. Can we make it a, a simple
1: utterance? Uh. There you go. Anyway, uh, so they don't wrestle, but I just wanted to mention that I am a big fan of uh, Rick Boogs. Okay, guess, you know is who, is who I'm not I'm a fan of? Who?
0: I mean, boogers are right. Well,
1: first of all, you know how, how I feel about Shinsuke Nakamura. Right.
0: I mean, in Shinsuke... H- hang the moon and stars on Shinsuke Nakamura. In Shinsuke Nakamura, we trust. Sure, sure. And I really mean it this time. We, both you and I. Right, right, In right. Shinsuke Nakamura, we trust. Hopefully, he's in a good uh, marriage. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, hell, he, she was willing to come over from Japan with him and live in Orlando for all these years at this point. And they have a child. isn't he I think he's a father. I I don't know about any of this. That's I, crazy. I, I think I remember he has from a his
1: from his Instagram for a long time he was taking pictures of different water towers in different <laughs> counties in Florida. And I always thought that was that was very endearing. Like, oh that's like that's so that's so unique to him. Or like he's like, Oh, so many water towers, I gotta take a picture every time I see a new water tower. Yeah, I
0: always thought about Shinsuke Nakamura like making the towns and like north central florida like you know so roads and back like back roads and uh, national forests and state parks and swamps that were like stomping grounds of my youth and shinsuke nakamura just in, in, in his car driving around You're right and that was always kind of funny that was, of course, when he was not posting pictures of himself surfing with James Ellsworth.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like him and Callisto were, like, travel buddies. Uh, very, very interesting uh, company that Shinsuke Nakamura keeps. But uh, And or, now it's Rick kept, Boogs. I should say. Now it's Rick Boogs. But it my least like favorite
0: dude. member of the company that Nakamura keeps is Pat McAfee. Like, oh, yeah, oh my god. Yeah. Like, that... And Ma- I'm sorry, McAfee. Don't try and steal their thunder. Like McAfee gets up on the announce table and like starts dancing, and people are looking at him instead of looking at Nakamura.
1: Isn't Pat McAfee? Isn't he a? Uh, isn't he uh, antivirus software? Yes, <laughs>
0: yes, yes. He is. I think he he is anti good. Wow. Commentator, that's what he is.
1: He's anti happiness. He, He's anti radio. I think he
0: was an NFL punter and no one no one cares about that. People like him. I, I no,
1: I don't think they do. People like him, Darren. He should date Ava Marie <laughs> give her joy. Okay. Alright. Well if that is if
0: that will work for the two of them, then go for it. But just Pat McAfee, get
1: off of my TV. Okay. I don't like it. Well, speaking of people who probably shouldn't be on the TV, The Usos uh, defeated their SmackDown Tag Team titles against the Mysterios. Uh, the Usos made it to... <laughs> made it to SummerSlam. <laughs> Uh, without any uh, altercations or run-ins with the law, uh, the the Las, Las Vegas and TV. there's so much
0: temptation in Las Vegas. I
1: know that's why I'm, I'm especially proud of them for for making it without any incidents, except but, um, on Sundays, of course. Um, except on Sundays, of course, it is a ghost town. So the yes. Usos,
0: the Mysterios, and I want a bowl of Cheerios.
1: <laughs> so yeah, all jokes aside, again, the Usos are competent wrestlers, as Mysterio can still go. <laughs> Unlike some of his uh, former cruiserweight uh, contemporaries from WCW. You know, that's actually a really good point. I
0: thought of that over and over while watching this match. I thought, Rey Mysterio is older and a little heavier, but like, golly, he is, he's almost as good as he ever was. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Juventud... We already talked about that mess. <laughs> but I mean I really felt bad. like I wasn't angry at hoventu. I was I pitied him. sure. but mysterio looks great. like Dominic doesn't and 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 Ray does like Ray looks amazing. I think the weirdest thing was I kept getting sidetracked when I looked at mysterio on this night because he looked like a living piece of human saltwater taffy. Like his yellow and his pink were so pastel, they were so saltwater taffy. I was like, mm. I want to leave my house from watching SummerSlam and go buy laffy taffy. <laughs> I want the, I want all of those fruit flavors, those not so natural fruit flavors that don't actually taste like the fruit, but are so good. Rey Mysterio looked like banana laffy taffy, and that was
1: my favorite part of this match. <laughs> Well, the Usos do retain the uh, SmackDown Championship titles. Uh, good for them. And uh, yeah, again, Rey Mysterio, I, I'm, I'm indifferent. He's, he's again, he's fine. Uh, his son, I'm, I'm not a fan of at all. No, me neither. So as far as like them being a tag team, I don't, I don't really, I'm not really a fan of it. <laughs> so I'm glad the Usos held on to it. Uh, Plushy AJ picked the Mysterios and he was wrong. Oh, Plushy AJ, you done it. Well, Plushy AJ had no way of knowing who would win the next match, folks, because Bianca Belair, your SmackDown Women's Champion, came into Vegas with the title belt, all ready to fight Sasha Banks, only that's not Sasha Banks. That's
0: Carmella? Yeah, so Carmella comes out. Of course the internet is all abuzz and everybody knows Sasha Banks is not there. I don't even think she's in Las Vegas. And yet they they kept advertising it. Even during the earlier matches in the card, it was, you know, later on the show, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's title. It wasn't until Bianca Belair is standing in the ring that the ring announcer announces Sasha Banks will not compete tonight. And I don't even know that there was a real response because I think the 56,000 people that were there, like they all knew, like 54,000 of them knew Sasha Banks was not in town. But when Carmella came out, I think people, and I'm sorry for Carmella, but I think people were like, what? I don't know what people expected. Well, I think, I think they do know what we they expected and they get what they expected But Carmella was this weird curveball. And that's why I feel bad for her because she gets a ticket to Las Vegas. She flies out there. She looks like she's having a moment in the sun. And then she gets completely kicked to the curb
1: by a returning Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, the man, is back. And uh, (laughs) old Bianca Belair doesn't stand a chance against old Becky Lynch. And I gotta wonder how premeditated this whole return was. Was this partially a response to a returning CM Punk? Or was this the plan all along? Cause it, it did seem like um I think there were a couple of dates that Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair both missed on like on the way coming into this event. So like it was almost like there was something kind of going on all along or if there was actually a reason maybe a medical reason why Sasha Banks wasn't cleared or cuz Sasha Banks I believe on social media even said like like it was intentional her not being there so Becky Lynch could take her place. Hmm. So but, but you never I mean you can't it's, believe what a wrestler says. It's also really
0: hard to know because Sasha Banks has kind of pulled this thing before. So you have to think is it Sasha or is it not Sasha? Right. Is she responsible for this or is she being pushed to the side herself?
1: Well, how do you feel about Becky Lynch being back?
0: I'm super stoked. And
1: automatically winning the title. I, I really wish people like earned title spots. I, I'm I'm really over. That's one good thing that AEW does right is they have rankings, which I appreciate. You can't just call out the champion and say, I'm challenging you that's not how it works, or that's not how it's supposed to work. So you, mean, I, you mean the Roman Reigns rule? The the Roman Reigns rule. It's a lot of people's rules, apparently. It is. If you've been champion before multiple times, you can call the champion out anytime you want and and get a and get a match. Apparently, so I, I guess I'm happy to see Becky Lynch back, but at the same time, I hate that she's already the champion and kind of feel bad for Bianca Belair. I'm not even a huge fan of hers. But this is kind of shitty that she gets, she drops the belt to Becky Lynch. But it's almost like, welcome to WWE, Bianca. This is what happens when the bigger star shows up. Yeah, I completely understand
0: what you're saying. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of outrage, but I have to admit, I don't care. Wow. It's the kind of thing I would normally care about. I would normally probably be outraged. And it's not because I don't care about Bianca Belair. I think she's great. But for some reason the only part of this that bothered me it's not Sasha it's not really Carmella it's not Bianca the part that bothered me was the brevity of the match right. that's what bothered me I don't care that it's that Becky gets the shot she's the best like the best and most popular female wrestler in many many respects in the WWE in a long time I have no problem with it being her I have no problem with her winning it. But give us a match. Like, please give us a match. And again, not because a short match is an insult to Bianca. I just want to see a match. I think Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair would be a hell of a match. So, of course, I'm waiting for the inevitable rematch. Maybe we will get that match. But I kind of think we deserved it at SummerSlam.
1: If, if not SummerSlam, then when? SummerSlam is one of the big four. Right. Now they're going to go into like,
0: oh, here's Bicycle Kickstand in your house. <laughs> and the, the, and the highly anticipated match between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch at who gives a shit in your house.
1: Well, if it wasn't much of a match the first time, then no one's going to care to see it a second time. Right? Is it, that's also an issue.
0: Because they make Bianca look like, oh, she can be beaten by Becky Lynch that
1: easily. Right, right. Unless you play up the whole, like, well, she was training and preparing for Sasha Banks. She wasn't expecting this. And the surprise caught her off guard. And Becky Lynch was able to capitalize on that. You know, if, if wrestling were real. Uh, <laughs> speaking of wrestling being real, Drew McIntyre bringing a giant sword to the ring uh, to take on Jinder Mahal. With his buddies Veer and Shanky barred from ringside, uh, thanks to uh, Drew McIntyre winning some matches leading up to SummerSlam, uh, for that stipulation to, to take place. But Drew McIntyre is still able to bring a sword to the ring.
0: He is able to bring a sword, and that's hilarious. Like he's a goddamn Vegas magician. Yep, which means no making, working on Sundays.
1: Making my interest uh, disappear. <laughs> Very good. You
0: know, I, if I had to give this match a a, a a subtitle, I would call this match The Battle of the Hard Bodies because that's probably why Heath Slater doesn't have a contract anymore because he didn't turn into Mr. Olympia right. like both Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal did. Well, these guys are like six feet.
1: Five or taller, six six. These guys are like
0: six twelve.
1: These are these are like two modern day like razor Ramones fighting each other.
0: They are. That's exactly what they are. Yeah. They are huge, they are broad, they are cut up. Like these these are statuesque men. Right. And it's just I love this
1: matchup. You also gotta go to Chippendale's for something like that if you're in Vegas, all right? That's right. I've heard. <laughs> but uh <laughs> Drew McIntyre is able to defeat Jinder Mahal again. No, it's it's there are so many belts in WWE being defended that when there's just a match, it's kind of like and someone wins the match and that's all because they didn't they didn't particularly like that person at that moment. So, uh, but Drew McIntyre does defeat Jinder Mahal and there's really no. (laughs) This might just be a rematch down the road. Who knows? And the only thing I don't like about this. Outcome
0: is that I'm just such a big fan of Jinder Mahal. I want Bigger and better things for him his his brief run on top was so good to me And it actually wasn't that brief and I was such a big fan of it for the entire thing I want more of that like I want to see Jinder Mahal Be the focus of the company. I think it's so different and I think he's capable. I think he's capable of carrying it. And I definitely prefer Veer and Shanky uh, being his his dudes. They're extremely intimidating
1: as a three-piece. Right. Uh, Darren, I love you. General Mahal will never be WWE champion ever again. Moving on! Raw Women's Champion Nikki, almost a superhero, Uh, defending in a triple threat match against Charlotte Flair, who's held the belt many, many times, and will hold it again. Uh, spoiler alert, and Rhea Ripley. And, uh, I believe that AJ Plus, she said that Rhea Ripley would win, and it was incorrect. Because Charlotte Flair... Walks away from this triple threat match with that women's championship. To the goes, surprise of no one. And it kind of goes back to Becky Lynch. It's like, I don't like that they just show up and this is another person that kind of called her shot and said, I want into this title picture and and, and there she I got some plastic surgery. Now I'm back. <laughs> I want my belt back. You should just get surgical you should get the belt surgically attached to your waist oh, at this oh point, Charlotte. Uh, because, uh, you're going to hold it most of the time. So, and I, I, it's cool that, uh, that Nikki, uh, Nikki Cross, as she was formerly known, uh, was a Raw Women's Champion, you know, and it meant a lot to her. Um, so it's cool that she had that moment. I don't think she'll get it back. I, I think it's too late now. I think that was it. That was her run. Um, but, uh, who knows how long Charlotte will hold it for? Who's going to beat Charlotte for it? probably Rhea Ripley. At probably some point. Rhea Ripley. I imagine Rhea Ripley.
0: I look forward to a big time feud between Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. That's wrestling I want to see. Those are This like it's it's sort of like Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. Charlotte Flair and they're there like two Razor are, Ramones. They are like
1: two <laughs> Razor Ramones. So so like, like, sorry, folks, it's the only it's the only, uh, it's the only uh, comparison that we can draw on wrestling. There's uh,
0: four Razor Ramones running around at SummerSlam. We were
1: big fans of uh, 1995 WWF. That's uh, all we know is Razor Ramon. Everywhere you look, it's Razor Ramone's like, Hey, hey, yo, yo, hey, 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 yo, 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 <laughs> the bad guys. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. They're, they are, there are two. Th- Two uh, Jim Ross were there. He'd say, houses houses, uh, two thoroughbreds, just two big, fit women who are athletic and just freaking going." Out. I mean, it, it's like it's no, it's exactly like you said about Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. These are two giant, pe- athletic, strong people wrestling, and that's what this is. Oh, wow. it's kind of like old wrestling. It's kind who? of like
0: this is what pro wrestling's supposed sure, to be. Sure, sure. It's people that. Aren't normal. It's they're freak shows, and they're battling it out. It's like watching
1: gods battle in the sky. Like they're they're titans. Speaking of freak shows, Edge takes on uh, Seth Rollins <laughs> in a Who Gives a Shit match. Wow, <laughs> there you go. Oh, I haven't said that in so long. It ding, felt ding, good. Ding, 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 ding. It felt good. Um, I've I've never. Uh, Folks, I'm so sorry. If you're playing I, the I, whole
0: reference show, bingo, you can play, place
1: that spot. Perry says, it's a who gives a shit match. I, I, was, I was watching wrestling during uh, the Edge days, and I was never impressed by Edge. I was never a fan of Edge. Um, and I, I can't hear Seth Rollins talk anymore. And <laughs> but hey... The AJ Styles plushie got this one right, though. It picked Edge to win the match, and Edge does win the match against Seth Rollins. I, I don't know what, what the plan for Edge... What, what, what is what is God's plan for Edge? I don't know
0: what God's plan for Edge is, but I think uh, Vince McMahon's plan for He's Edge... He's a man
1: who fancies himself a God. If, if you can, can believe that. that.
0: Yeah. Edge, the best part of Edge on this night is the brood entrance. The fact that they recreated the Brood entrance and he came out to the Brood music with the fire and that was super cool.
1: I, I'm sure a lot of youngsters were like, "I don't understand. Oh, he's got new music. I got. A, I made a duty." <laughs> is it Mickey Mouse. Yeah, Mickey Mouse
0: is watching SummerSlam and very confused, even though he's older than all of us. Even though he doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> even though he's a cartoon mouse. So I was super into that. Like I, I don't know how I didn't see it coming with him dropping the blood on Seth Rollins in the lead up to this match, but I I'm glad I saw it. I'm really, really glad that they, they went through with that. I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have called it and so it was neat. So and neat-
1: you're dropping blood on me, zom zom zom
0: Seth Rollins. The Buzzsaw Seth Rollins. <laughs> the Buzzsaw boy Seth Rollins. I don't know, though. Where? What do you do with Edge now? Or because he's back. Like, Edge is back, back, back. But it doesn't make sense if he's not... He's too old to just be there. He's just too old to just be in the mid-card, right? Like, even on AEW, they put a world championship on Christian, who is the lesser Edge. That's true. But if you think about like Hulk Hogan's very last re- active wrestling run in WWE, even though it didn't make sense to put the world title on him, they did. Because what else are you going to do
1: with Hulk Well, Hogan? what you got to do right? when Hulk Hogan is employed by you? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to put the world You're title on him. You're going to put the world title on him. And but... so
0: that's the thing. Edge is sort of that now here 20 years later. It's like... I guess like put the make him the champion again or make him retire again, but him just being a mid Carter—that's weird. Yeah, it's kind of like then why why come back to be a mid Carter? Right. What well, what's the point? Why are you like Seth Rollins? That's a high profile feud, but now that it's I guess over, what next? Nothing's over in wrestling. Well,
1: you know what I mean. It's a but it's got to be something. There has to be a bridge to somewhere. Yeah. These these wrestling feuds nowadays last as long as they need them to. And then they just end abruptly. And it's like, oh, they, they forgot they hated each other. Okay, great. Uh, well, two people that definitely remember that they hate each other, though. Bobby Lashley taking on Goldberg for the WWE Championship. Currently helping Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley joined by MVP, who I'm liking a lot as a manager. And again, the whole MVP Bobby Lashley connection. Works, uh, works really well for me. Me too. We talked about it last week, and I, I no reason for yeah, yeah, yeah. us to have changed our mind. But uh, Goldberg, uh, and I've not changed my mind on this, I don't want him back, and I don't need him back.
0: We said a lot about it last week. We've said a lot about it over the last few years. And I know that I mentioned last week, this is the first time Goldberg's come back where I have no problem with people being highly critical of it. Because I'm over it. Look at you. Wow. Look at you. I mean, I was never, and I said this last week. I was never. I know, but look at you. I was never. Thanks. Look at me. I, I didn't look at you last time. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at you now. Oh, I appreciate that. Here's looking at me, kid. Yeah. I always liked Goldberg's returns in years past. Did I think they were necessary? No. Sure. Did I think they were amazing? No. But I was into it. Now, I'm not. Okay. I get the criticism. I'm starting to feel the way now. The way a lot of people have felt over the last, you know, four or five years that Goldberg has been coming back for these one shots, and I think it's because this is just one too many. I'm starting to feel like
1: (laughs) what five too are
0: you doing? Oh,
1: oh, 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 one too many. Just wait until who shows up later on in the night, Darren. (laughs) But
0: I really did understand that first return for Goldberg. The they, they beat us over the head with it, like with a cold mackerel. They made it very clear
1: The holy mackerel his <laughs>
0: child never saw him be
1: Goldberg. Apparently his child does not own the Peacock Network and can't watch uh, all the oh, old Goldberg live. Oh, 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 I'm
0: sorry. If he did get the Peacock Network though, we know why he'd be getting that. <laughs> For Yellowstone. For Yellowstone. Uh-huh. Oh man. It, whew. I'm almost done. I'm almost whoa, done. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, Darren. Focus, Darren,
0: focus. Yeah, yeah, wrestling, yeah, okay, wrestling. okay, okay,
1: okay, um, No talking of Longmire. Uh, I mean Yellowstone.
0: I, okay, okay. I really was about to go back into it, but I won't. I know. So, Gage Goldberg. It's also weird now that he's still being brought along and brought into it. And in about two to three more years, if Goldberg can still go... We're going to see the Usos
1: fighting the Goldbergs. Now we're going to see the Ray-Rays fighting the Goldbergs. I'm not convinced that Gage is actually the son of Goldberg until Gage starts mysteriously bleeding from the forehead like (laughs) Goldberg Goldberg tends to. Also, Gage
0: has far too much uh, 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 luxurious hair. And he also aged way too rapidly. Right. He was like a five-year-old... The last time he appeared, and
1: now he is a grown man. Did Shanky and, and Gage get together at any point, like we predicted, <laughs> going into SummerSlam? Uh, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> well, what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. What did I say earlier? It, it, what stays, in Vegas, what stays, stays in, in Vegas stays in Vegas. Sure. Except for Sundays. Mm-hmm. They they don't stay in Vegas. They leave. No one does. Okay. It's a ghost town. It's a ghost town. Alright, the match is not good.
0: Oh what? I mean it's really it's not good. And what? Let me... I know there have been people that said Goldberg couldn't wrestle twenty years ago. No, and I'm definitely Darren, no. I yeah, actually no. I thank you for your sarcastic <laughs> no. Here's my very sincere <laughs> no. Goldberg put on good matches once upon a time. A Goldberg match against Bobby Lashley once upon a time might have been incredible. It's not going to happen now. Goldberg's physique is commendable. It's remarkable. But he's not going to be able to wrestle now. And so he doesn't. This was a complete... This is like when he squashed Kevin Owens. It's a spot show. But it's not even. It's just nothing. And then the the injury. Like, okay. Full transparency. I blinked and missed Goldberg going down with the knee injury or the ankle injury or whatever. And when I look back at the television, it, I couldn't tell if it was... Actually, I could tell because it was really bad acting. But then I started thinking, is this a shoot injury? Is this a work injury? What am I
1: looking at? Well, one last time you saw Goldberg was in Saudi Arabia where he just kind of collapsed wrestling uh, Undertaker. I, now, granted, that was like 115 degree weather, but still... I thought that that's what I was looking at again. And maybe it was their conscience for actually wrestling in Saudi Arabia. but uh, who? It probably should have been.
0: <laughs> I really did think that that's kind of what I was looking at, though. I thought this is overacting and it's bad overacting. But there's no way this is the finish. And then guess what? It was the finish. No, oh, that's very surprising. Bobby Lashley retains because of a referee stoppage. And then they beat the shit out of Gage. While Goldberg watches. And that's why I know that it's only a matter of time. That Goldberg's just going to come back and come back and come back. Just to bring Gage into the picture? I cannot believe. I said it earlier. I cannot believe Vince is in
1: on this. I, I just feel bad for the actual Goldberg fans out there who wanted to see a Goldberg match and they get this instead. They get this shit show. This non-match, it's... I I think WWE forgets that sometimes. Like, you can pull this on a Raw, but don't pull this at the pay-per-view. Right. Right. At
0: SummerSlam. At SummerSlam. I just don't understand, again, why Vince is letting this play out on his programming. We said it before that why does Vince do this with someone he never liked, never respected? And he's just letting Goldberg do whatever the hell he pleases, whenever he pleases.
1: Oh, speaking of that, well, let's go ahead and talk about the other uh, world title match, the WWE Universal title match. Roman Reigns defending his title against John Cena, who's got Suicide Squad 2 out in theaters right now. And uh, this actually was a wrestling match, and not just a schmoz. It wasn't a schmaz,
0: but it was a squash Like, I was thinking, alright, is this uh, crook neck? Is this zucchini? uh, What kind of squash is this? Oh, it's the kind where John Cena does nothing. And Roman Reigns beats the dog shit out of him.
1: Beating him like a dog in the street, as Darren would say. As Uh, Darren would say Darren's father would say. (laughs) (laughs) Too true.
0: John Cena gets buried here. I I guess that's the role that John Cena's playing now. Do we respect him for it? Yeah? I don't know, man. The The older I get, the less I like this idea of old guys coming back to put people over. If you're going to do it, maybe do it on Raw. Or at a house show. Or somewhere in the mid-card. Bring John Cena back. Push everybody on the roster down the card to put him in the main event only to have him jobbed out like straight up jobbed out by a dominant Roman Reigns. And I don't dislike the dominant Roman Reigns, but I do dislike the the pushover John Cena.
1: Wow, look at you saying that. John Cena a guy synonymous with burying young talent and squashing others that he that you would consider contemporaries. Now it's happening to him. He's in his years where he's giving back. You know, Randy Orton hasn't quite figured out that's what he's supposed to do at this point. Uh, but uh, John Cena is definitely, I guess, doing doing the favors here, uh, as it were. But uh, I think Cena is just kind of comfortable with Hollywood now. He's kind of finally getting a, a foothold and doing some movies that he's becoming more credible of like a, not necessarily a box office draw, but like a credible actor or whatever. So he doesn't mind coming back and just like, "Hey, guys, remember me, all right, whatever you can beat me, whatever. Pay uh, pin me, pay me. My star wagon is outside my uh, movie trailer and uh be going on to the next set to do something uh, what about his honey wagon the honey wagon yes indeed yeah, yeah the yeah. honey wagon hitched to the star wagon probably
0: star yes. wagon is hitched to the star and there you go and john cena's the star there you go he's the star of a lot of shows he's the star of the new movie called vacation friends yeah he's not the star on this night however no no and roman reigns isn't even the star by the time the show ends
1: no because brock lesnar not Toppin' All shows up, and he says, Hey, Roman Reigns, remember when I beat you a whole bunch when you tried to get the title belt from me? <laughs> like This is actually a pretty long-running feud, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Um, but are they... they <sighs> Poor Braun Strowman got buried in this whole thing, too. Wow. At L- least we forget many Where years ago. Gone? Where have you gone, Braun? Where are you, Braun? Um, so... Yeah, Brock Lesnar is back now. and I mean, if you thought, like, Goldberg randomly coming back was kind of odd and, and why is this happening? Here's Brock Lesnar. Here's another Goldberg. Um, and to me, SummerSlam 2021 was everything I hate about WWE. Yikes. Uh, Goldberg fu- coming back to fight a non-match. Uh, Brock Lesnar coming back just to come back. Becky Lynch winning the belt instantly. Charlotte Flair winning the belt instantly. And, uh, all of a sudden AEW is looking, looking better and better or like a better alternative uh, than WWE because it seems to be business as usual.
0: I totally agree that AEW is a better alternative. I've enjoyed their programming a lot over the last few weeks, far more than I have enjoyed WWE programming, but I'm into the Lesnar return. I like the different look, um... I don't like when big dudes wear cowboy boots though because they look really strange. They're they, like super pointy. And they look like uh, weird uh, weird drawings like the, the, the bizarre big-legged, tiny-footed people in the yellow submarine cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Okay. But I like the beard and I like the ponytail on Brock Lesnar. I like the fact that because he's fighting a... Super heel Roman Reigns. He'll be forced to be a babyface. I like the fact that Paul Heyman is stuck in the middle of this thing. I'm already sick of the memes of a ladder match for the custody of Paul Heyman. Uh, but, you know, I do like the fact that Paul Heyman's going to be in the middle of this. As long as he plays the super, super chicken shit heel to this new Brock Lesnar babyface, I like Brock having to talk. I think it's going to be neat. I'm into it. So I'm okay with the Lesnar return.
1: I like Lesnar more than Goldberg. I think Lesnar's more of a a, a a credit to wrestling and again like Lesnar's necessary because again he legitimized wrestlers being legitimate Fighters in the UFC, and I appreciate that about him. Unlike CM Punk. Do you know the one thing that I would love if they did that would really put Lesnar over for me, though? What, now? Yeah. What's that? If he had a new manager. You have one in mind? Yeah. Okay. The obvious choice... You have a pull cue with their face on it, Darren! Oh. If his wife... Sable... Became Lesnar's new manager because Paul Heyman's now gone. You bring Sable back. I've always kind of wanted to see that, so yeah. I'm Well, into there that. you go. You bring back Rena Marrow Lesnar. <laughs> I'm sure she still keeps the marrow in there. Hey, you want you're gonna want that marrow. Yeah, you're gonna want that marrow. Yeah, you're gonna, bring, want,
0: you're gonna want that bone marrow. You're
1: gonna want that bone marrow. Uh, yeah, yeah. If if Sable came back as Brock Lesnar's manager. That would be awesome because there's no other reason for Sable to ever come back in any wrestling capacity, but she was definitely a WWE superstar, a WWF superstar. Oh, she was. No, she she was on the cover of TV Guide uh, with The Rock and Steve Austin. She far surpassed Mark Marrow. There you, hard to believe, uh, but no, absolutely. So if Sable <laughs> if Sable came back as Brock Lesnar's manager, that would be. Very cool. I'd be I'd be all about that. I like that. I would be into that. That would be good. Um, what happened? So that was Summerslam <laughs> 2021 in Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, overall it was fine. It was fine. I they accomplished what they would
0: accomplish on a Raw. It's a very long show, as most pay per views are and always have been. Sure, sure. But I found myself as the longest uninterrupted viewing of wrestling that I've done in a couple of years. And I had moments, I have to say, I had a couple of moments where I remembered why I didn't watch it over the last year and a half to two years. Yeah, It just felt like, God, this is terrible to even say. But there were times where I thought, this is an incredible waste of time. Yeah. But and I hate that cuz I'm supposed to be watching it because I like it. And I did like it, but there were just moments where I thought, do we need 3 or 4 or plus hour long wrestling shows anymore? I don't have that much free time in my life. Oh, you're an adult now. And when the you product sad sad man. I mean, maybe if the product were just engaging more, then I wouldn't have time to think about
1: that. If, if you know, if the show went the way that AJ Plushy picked, it would have been at least different. It would have been wild. It would have been way different. Um, no, I think the worst thing about SummerSlam is, even though, like you said, we hadn't watched wrestling in so long, it felt like we hadn't missed a beat because everything happened the way you would expect it to happen.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. We didn't
1: make picks, but we probably could have made picks with pretty good accuracy going into this. Much better than hashtag plushy toss. Right, so I think that's RIP, hashtag plushy toss. I
0: think so. He was 2, 7, oh, and 2. Man. The, those two that, are, that don't count are, of course, the SmackDown women's title. We can't hold him responsible for that debacle. Um, hey, he did keep landing weird when I was tossing him for that one So maybe he knew And of course we can't hold him responsible for a match He did He he, he. We can't hold him responsible for him, the Big E Baron Corbin match That no one knew was happening well, And So then he's Otherwise he's 2 and 7 That's really bad It's far worse than any of us Than either of us ever ever did Right. That's bad That's pretty bad it's also not real. <laughs> it's also not hey, scientific hey, hey. or
1: informed. It's still real to me, damn it. Did you enjoy SummerSlam, folks? Let us know. There are a lot of ways to let us know. Find us on Facebook, at The Whole and Show. Uh, find us on Twitter, like and share and all that stuff. That'd be great. And uh, send us a Gmail if you want to. Email us. At the whole reference show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or, we are
0: always on Instagram, again, T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W, the whole reference show on Instagram. Join us, follow us there, look at our pretty pictures. We will follow you back and look at your pretty pictures.
1: Yeah, that's right. You can see the pretty picture of the AJ... The AJ Styles plushie and the uh the Rena Merow, sable uh, uh pull cue that Darren owns. That and so much more, and and more than that, of course, but uh especially that. It's not just pictures. of... Come for um, that, but stay for the hashtag Wrestle News and hashtag Wrestle Views. Hell episodes. yeah yes indeed uh, we do appreciate you showing up folks and we hope to see you next time on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle that would have to be the whole reference show my name is Perry Smith and I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beast. and we're gonna see ya when we see ya see ya Come bye